you almost just say Pimpton? I was lying. No, not, no I just tripped <laughs> That's over. That's a whole different town. <laughs> no, I didn't That's say a that. a whole different I did population profile. Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> Southwest of Mendota. I know where Princeton South is. South of Dixon. I thought you knew of some other town in Illinois that I, <laughs> I never no. heard of. No, no. You did, said it, I didn't. How did I miss that? You said it, I didn't. Hey, happy uh, National Ice Cream Day. That's right. Today's oh, the 17th. Yes. It's ice cream, ice cream Day, yes. And even though we've got many interesting guests on the show today, many interesting topics uh, on the program today, you will hear uh, Dave Schwan, Andy Mazur, and myself eating rainbow ice cream. Yes. Oh. My day has been made. just said the magic word. I don't know why. Well, I know why. We booked it. It's toward the end of the show because... That's when we do our food time show. Huh. So that's the only time I could make it sound legit. You know, like we're actually doing a segment. <laughs> <laughs> but really, we just want to eat ice cream. Ice cream. So our old pal, uh, Lynn Sapp, who is the owner of uh, Original Rainbow Ice Cream, the greatest ice cream in the history of ice cream, will be joining us later on. And we will have ice cream for us to consume. Because there, there's nothing more interesting than listening to people eating stuff on the radio. <laughs> right. Unless you're that person eating the thing on the radio. <laughs> Did you know it was President Reagan that, excuse me if this is a far-flung forecast that maybe you were going to do later. Uh, the, Today? It, no. President Reagan declared <laughs> July 17th as National Ice Cream Day. This was an official proclamation. Huh. I thought that, you know, like some ice cream company proclaimed it such, but it was actually President Reagan who did it. Yeah, I had forgotten that, and then I saw a story on it earlier this morning and mentioned that it was President Reagan who declared this ice cream yeah. day. Interesting. I would think there would be a jelly bean day also, because he, he always had him, the, the, the dish of jelly beans on the desk there he, in the Oval Office. He did love a good jelly bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found out yesterday, working in the WGN-TV sports department for a little bit, that uh, the 15th was National Gummy Bear Day. Oh. So we imbibed in some gummy bears yesterday. Very nice. That yeah, was nice. And he's spending quite a bit of time at the TV station this yeah, week. Yeah, I see you a lot over there these days. I don't know what that says about uh, you know them bringing me over, but you know, hey, it's fun. <laughs> it says the same thing as it does when they hired me. Clearly, they will hire anyone there. <laughs> I think that. Good morning. Welcome to our little Sunday morning get together here. She wasn't so gloomy outside. It's going to be like that the rest of the day, right, Twani? Um, well, for the morning, uh, later this afternoon, slow but uh, sure clearing, and then overnight, more clearing, and a sunny day tomorrow, and uh, back up to summer-like stuff uh, in the 80s, yeah, mid to upper I like. 80s. I like, I like the hot weather. And humid. Yeah. I like it hot and humid. We're going to see, we'll see uh, warm weather uh, for the uh, much of the rest of the upcoming week. So, Andy, I don't know if yes. you, you notice this or not. Maybe maybe you see it and uh, often, and I just never have. I mm-hmm. saw something this morning that I never have seen before. I'm walking by the newsroom window, uh, you know, preparing today's uh, program uh, to the uh, you know the final ad lib. Every single thing we do on the show is yes. uh, over. We're going to rehearse several times. We run it in front of test audiences to make sure that. Uh, you know, it all works uh, perfectly. But I'm walking by the newsroom window this morning, and what do I see but Dave Schwan dancing? 
Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he was it's, dancing. I've, it, no, I've known this man for forty years. He was dancing. You know, every once in a while, dancing the, in place by himself. The, uh, the the Frank Sinatra show will get him every once in a while, like an old favorite of his, and he'll he'll just. He'll break down he and just break it out, yeah. yeah. They were really swinging there, so yeah. I couldn't help but start. Oh, he was like Ovodio Doe. He was I start starting the old jitterbug. Doing the char- yeah. Did the Charleston or something? <laughs> jitterbug, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Not sure. Then he did the can opener, he which did. was a little scary. <laughs> did the, he did the jitterbug because that's also the name of his cell phone. <laughs> 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 the reason that I'm playing this Elvis Presley song is that uh, Shwani uh, told me that he actually went to a theater to see a movie. Dancing and going to a theater. What's yes. going on here? Where is the real Dave Schwan? <laughs> what have you done with our real Dave Schwan? We enjoyed the movie. We did. And uh, it was a very impressive performance by... Austin Butler. Thank you. Right. I could never come up with the name. Austin Gilda Butler. and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Gilda is a friend of Schwani, who is uh, visiting with us. Special guest today. Special guest this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to experience. She's going to be very surprised how so, how so much boring it is to watch that. You think it's boring to listen to. You ought to be here to see it. <laughs> It's watching paint dry and listening to paint dry. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, wow. When's the last time you actually went to a theater to it see a movie? It was, I believe, I'm serious. I think it was pre-COVID. Wow. Uh, it was, um, boy, it might have been, it might have been First Man, the oh, uh, Neil wow. Armstrong movie. Wow. I went to see huh. that at the IMAX at Navy Pier before it yeah. closed. Which is no longer I'm there. sad that that closed. Me that too. was a, that was a really great place to Me go. Too. I'm uh, that just like I don't think there's a, an IMAX theater in like a old school IMAX theater. There are some theaters that claim to be IMAX and they have big screens, but I don't think they're like true IMAX. Not the way Navy Pier was. Is there still one at the Museum of Science and Industry? I think there is. I'm not, not sure. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's yes. a good one. Yeah. But it was and it was, you know, space related films. It was either the first man or it was the wow. documentary on Apollo eleven that yeah. was out for in uh, twenty nineteen for the um fiftieth anniversary of, of the the real landing. Hmm. But I yeah, that was the last time I was in a theater. And before that, as I mentioned to you off the air, it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I would have guessed absent-minded professor. Absent-minded professor may be up there, son yes. Son of flubber. Uh, son of... <laughs> son of what? Son of flubber. Oh, okay. All right. Don't you remember that? Yes, I do. Fred McMurray? Yes. Yeah. I do. So, uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear you like the, the Elvis movie. It was very beyond light, beyond light. It. I mean, you, you guys were really. You were telling me before the show that yeah, how much you really enjoyed it. I you know not only the music and the performance by what's his name again Austin Butler. Thank you, and of course Tom Hanks is Colonel Tom Parker. But the old scenes at the start of the movie with the old cars and trucks really really great right. and the uh the recreation of beale street in memphis Night, like very cool early 1950s yeah beale very street, very cool where he would hang out with bb king and right you know some of the right the blues great big mama thornton big mama thornton. who actually recorded the first hound dog right. before elvis did yeah 
Let's see if we can find a copy of that to play a little. It's very different. That this morning. It sounds very very different than Elvis's version. Yeah, yeah. but the the performance, the music, uh, just uh, everything all all the way around. Uh, And the directing style. Some people have said they didn't like the way that Baz Luhrmann uh, put this movie together, who did Moulin Rouge, who did uh, Romeo and Juliet, The Great Gatsby. Among others, his style is kind of quick cuts and fast movements and things like that. But as Schwani very astutely pointed out in our pre-show discussion, by the way, something that we'll never have again, by the way. <laughs> so I feel like we talk about every, like we, we waste everything before yeah. the show starts. Save the good stuff for the air. Yeah. So I never want to talk to you again before the show. <laughs> I'd never want to talk to you again. Period. Period. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine with me. Of course, I said that in 1981. It's fine. We can get Don Kleppen in here any Sunday morning. Don't worry. <laughs> Don enjoys working on the show. <laughs> but uh, as Schwani so, so astutely points out, the like it's kind of the, the frantic style of the way the director, Baz Luhrmann, put this whole thing together was very uh, kind of symbolic of the frantic style the chaos that was surrounding his life yeah. once he achieved stardom right yeah right and really that was i mean there have been other popular performers prior to elvis sinatra probably you know would be the biggest example of that but it, it was not pandemonium the way it was for elvis not, you know nowhere even close to what elvis went through uh, and and no artist had ever been through any of that. No performer. He kind of invented the the superstar, the music superstar, and the life oh, that, sure. that goes around it. And sure. that's what I think. That's what Baz Luhrmann was representing when he uh, put this movie together. Yes, right, right. And as I said, the what's his name again that played Austin, Austin Butler. Okay, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> he doesn't want to talk to you before the show again either. <laughs> He hasn't talked to me at all, <laughs> before, during, or after. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was uh, just fantastic. So, what did you what did you eat for snacks when you went to the theater? Uh, nothing. We had um, uh, leftover pizza afterwards. <laughs> we just went in and and sat and just gave the, the movie, movie the undivided our undivided attention. Oh, yes, good. oh good. Yeah, I like that. I don't, I'm not crazy about. Uh, I I rarely rarely eat anything when I see a movie because I find it distracting. Well, with me, if I you know if I get there early and get popcorn or something, the popcorn is gone before the movie starts right. because mm-hmm. I just go through it when all the trailers are showing. Right. right. Yeah. That's <laughs> so. Something. By the time the real movie starts, I'm done. You know, they should they should put like they do uh, you know uh, like in baseball games. First pitch is at one twenty, right? The movies in the little program there says movie starts at 105. Movie started at 140. That's when the trailers start at 105. Oh, my goodness. It was, yeah, like a, see, it was like a TV show and then a bunch of trailers and then, oh, yeah, okay, here's the movie. Yeah, it's, 12, too, 20, it's too much. 12.20 start time for the movie yesterday, and it was probably 12.35 when the movie started. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see where all your, your snacks the and your refreshments will be gone sure. already. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it distracting to, uh, you know, I mean, people around me, I'm, you know, people making noise, <laughs> chewing. Yeah. There's a, there, we live in a country of loud chewers. Yes, we do. <laughs> Can I tell you that? <laughs> Never mind the candy wrappers 
which is uh, like one of the big pet peeves of my life. Oh, somebody should absolutely invent quiet rappers for candy in the theaters. They don't have to be that loud. <laughs> they don't have to be so crinkly sounding. It's annoying. Uh, no, but, I've but known. Then, but then they, you know, they're eating the popcorn, and it's like. It's it's like you're on a farm listening to a horse <laughs> eat, eat oats. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> no one ever taught you to chew with your mouth closed? Really? Wow. Not to mention... Just uh, wait till we eat the ice cream later today and see what happens. I'm a very quiet ice cream eater. <laughs> Me too. I know a lot of people are slurpers. We've had this conversation on the air before. We have, and more than once. If you're a liquor slurper or a biter, a biter. When, when it comes to, to ice cream. but And various noises emanating. I am not a fan. You do not have to make as much noise as you are when you're eating stuff. <laughs> very true. And then very you got true. the people who eat something and they go... Mm. Or they, yeah, yeah. <sighs> they have to. They have to let everyone around them know they just enjoyed what they ate. Like, come on, you're in a theater. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> or then they'll strike up a conversation totally unrelated to the movie. Yeah, just start talking. Just start talking. Or, or the phone goes. Or off. looking at their phones. Yeah, right? I got a million pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> I know you find that shocking. Oh, yes. <laughs> Things would annoy me, <laughs> bother me. Like. Absolutely surprising. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, the topper of them all, if you do get snacks at the theater, you have to get there early in order to apply for a second mortgage on your house. Oh, yeah. So you can afford to pay for the the candy, popcorn, uh, you know, a bucket of uh, soft drink <laughs> that you get. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> it's ridiculously expensive. That's why we uh, ended up having our pizza from the night before and yeah. went to the store. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a smart thing. Mm-hmm. Really, can't you, you you really can't go two hours without eating something? Who me? No, I mean people who oh. they must have their snacks. I yeah. know I know it's a you know tradition and everything, but it's just a couple of hours. You're not going to die. <laughs> what was your favorite snack when you went to the? theater when you were a kid back in the day when i was uh, at the uh, going to the theaters and eating stuff uh, when it was 25 cents when it was about a quarter right uh definitely milk duds milk duds yeah okay i enjoyed a milk dud i enjoyed a, a nice uh, junior mint raisinets for me yeah me too raisinets i like raisinets trying to think what else oh twizzlers Oh, yeah. Raisinets and Twizzlers. Twizzlers. I'm still a Twizzler. I I still enjoy uh, a Twizzler if I am going to eat something in the theater. You know why? Because it's quiet. Very quiet. (laughs) Until you start eating. You you can open the package before you go in, too. That way you don't have to worry about (laughs) disturbing anybody. Yeah. You you open it before, and you've got to separate the Twizzlers because they're all stuck together. Boy, I'll tell you. Exactly. If I'm ever in a theater with you, don't I know exactly what I'm going to do. Don't sit. In, don't sit. In, I'll call the guy and have you thrown out. I will. That's just. This is just a little thing, you know. If people see me in the theater, do not sit near me. It will not be a pleasant experience. Hey, speaking of experiences not being pleasant. It's time once again for our little far-flung forecast. (laughs) 
Don't bother me. I'm eating breakfast. Okay, Mr. Ed, settle down. <laughs> uh, time okay, for Wilbur. Our, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures, and with the latest, Chompy McChompington. <laughs> Here's Dave Schwan. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Uncle Dean. Today, have your Google Maps ready and your GPS selectors. Oh, I forgot. This is this is uh, listener participation. This is listener partici- participation. Yeah, let me open my phone again. Okay. All right. I'm ready. We go to Weatherford, Oklahoma. Weatherford. Weatherford, Oklahoma. Population 10,833. Yeah. Weatherford, Oklahoma, is situated on land that was made available to homesteaders in 1892. It was incorporated in 1898, and it is a stop along the way on good old Route 66. But we mention Weatherford, Oklahoma, because it was on this date that a native son of Weatherford, an astronaut named Thomas Stafford, was commander of the final Apollo mission, which is now called the Apollo-Soyuz mission, Mm -hmm. Apollo 18 in 1975 on this date. That was the first rendezvous with a Soviet spacecraft, the Apollo-Soyuz spacecraft, where they rendezvoused, docked, and went into uh, the respective uh, spacecrafts from the U.S. and from uh, the Soviet Union at the time. Okay. What year was that? 1975. 75. If you were paying attention, I I had mentioned that. I really was not, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know this feature started until about 10 seconds ago. Austin Butler. So what's the the guy's name again? (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Stafford, a very accomplished astronaut, um, flew on several of the Gemini missions and also on Apollo 10, which actually did go to the moon, but circled around and just kind of prepared the way for Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins and successfully came back to Earth, of course. He is still alive today. He's 91 years old, but he is from Weatherford, Oklahoma, which is now sunny and 82, but they're going to have a hot one today, up to 104 for a high today in Weatherford, Oklahoma. And what year was that again? (laughs) Nineteen. I heard you the first three times. <laughs> Nineteen. And you almost made me forget. Nineteen seventy-five. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Who I know. Played George Bailey. I know we're supposed to. Uh, this new thing now is that we're supposed to get on our Google and uh, look up the town that you're talking about. Google Map. And, yes. And self, uh, you know, participate in this segment. Which I just, I did. I did. Our at-home players. Yeah, I still don't get it. I don't see. What, what do you mean you don't get it? I looked it up. I went, okay, so, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> well, check the surrounding area. And by the way, there is a Stafford uh, Air and Space Museum at Weatherford, Oklahoma, oh, named yeah. for him. There's a place we can go. We can do the show from there. Okay, I'll put that down on the list with, okay. every, with everything else. Thank you very much. All right, here we go here at 938. It's Dean Richards Sunday morning with uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer uh, at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, my friend. How are you today? Dean, I am doing great. I mean, come on, 70, what is it, 75 degrees out and not too humid? Everyone should be in a good mood. Perfect. I wish it was a little sunnier than cloudy, yep. but but apparently that's coming 
uh, later on today. You can't beat that. Uh, oh. the, the, uh, the three, uh, letters, numbers combination, uh, that everyone is concerned about this week as it has to do with COVID is BA5. Can you explain BA5 to us? Yeah, and people are probably saying again, gosh, you had Delta and Omicron, and why is it, you know, why isn't there a new Greek letter? It's because this BA4 and BA5 are still in that Omicron family. And unfortunately, there are about 70% of the cases right now in the United States, and the concern is that how rapidly it is spreading and how little protection we have from getting sick uh, from the vaccine. Certainly a lot of protection from being hospitalized, but not from getting a BA4 or BA5. And uh, also more contagious, I'm hearing. Is that right, than previous incarnations? Absolutely. About four times more contagious. So if you think about it, way back when we were thinking about just the original COVID and how contagious that was, now put that on steroids, and you're starting to see why so many people have this. One, is it's super contagious. Two, we don't get a lot of antibody protection. So I doubt that there's anybody listening right now that doesn't know someone that is, is suffering from COVID right now or has had it in the last week. So uh, if we are vaccinated and boosted, uh, that is only protecting us from severe uh, symptoms later on. It's not that that will protect you from getting BA5. You still have to be super careful about that, right? Absolutely. Everyone has to remember that. People say, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated because Joe got vaccinated and he still got sick. But Joe, who got vaccinated, did not get placed in the hospital. Individuals, and we're unfortunately seeing hospitalizations go up right now, are usually individuals who haven't been vaccinated at all. And the sad thing is, with the availability of vaccines now just about at every corner, we still have 20% of this country who has not been vaccinated at all. Yeah, that's uh, disturbing to me. So for maximum protection right now, uh, your original vaccination and the two booster shots, right? Absolutely. If people are saying, you know what, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait till the fall to get that booster. That's the Please other thing, don't yeah. do that. Right. You know, we're seeing, like I said, BA5 is spreading so quickly that we really want to make sure we can slow this. All right. And the protection against that is what we've been talking about for the last two years, right? Uh, wash, exactly. Washing your hands, wearing your mask. Uh, in, inside and outside? I mean, is it that contagious that we should be wearing our masks outside, too? You know, outside in close contact with people, I would say yes, especially if you have any comorbidities whatsoever. We're certainly trying to protect the most vulnerable people right now. So, you know, getting vaccinated and then really being careful, especially if you're around anybody who has been sick, because, like I said, it is out there and it is out there in droves. I, I honestly cringe a little bit when I meet somebody and they want to shake hands right now. Uh, I'm I'm still a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, it's probably not the best thing to be doing, right? Fi- no, Dean, it, you're, you're spot on. And I'll tell you, I've gone back to fist bumping, you know, hitting the back of your hand, the part of your hand that's not going to touch your face. Um, and certainly I think people that do that, it's a reminder to them that COVID is still out there, but you're still acknowledging that individual. So um, I would recommend going back to fist bumps or elbow bumps. Yeah, uh, President Biden did it with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia 
the other day. I don't think I've ever seen heads of state fist bumping before, but uh, it, it is a good reminder. And, you know, I have found uh, that when somebody puts their hand out for a big old shake and, you know, I present the fist, you know, and I just go, you know what, I'm still I'm still in the fist bump stage. People are, you know, they're perfectly fine. They're they're almost apologetic that they uh, offered you, you know, a shake when they probably still should be doing the fist bump. So uh, I encourage people to uh, to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, especially in large gatherings where you don't have, like you said, you know, you were at a wedding, what, was it two weeks ago? Yeah. Think about that. You know, you're greeting potentially hundreds of people. Um, you don't have the opportunity to go wash your hands. So certainly any opportunity where you're a large group, do the fist bump and and try not to shake hands. You don't want to be the vector for multiple people getting sick. Yeah, and especially if it's an event like a wedding where there are elderly people, you know, and people who, are you know, maybe are more vulnerable than you are, right? you know, just help and protecting uh, other people. Uh, questions for Dr. Most, you can text them in at 312-981-7200, or we love hearing from you on the phone, 312-981-7200. The 608 area code says, in order to stay safe in outdoor settings with large numbers of people, is there a safe distance to stay away from people, or is it best to just avoid the situations completely? Well, you know, Dean, I would say if you have any comorbidities or if you have any reason that this illness could be you know, much more serious in you, I would try to avoid those right now until we get BA5 under control. Um, individuals who are not, certainly if you look at it, and remember we talked about six feet in 15 minutes, well, it's still about six feet, but it's a much shorter time frame. So certainly if you could stay six feet from people outside, much more comfortable that you're not going to get exposed. Um, but certainly anybody with comorbidities, um, I would be very careful in large groups right now and go back to masking. A 708 area code asks, what's the difference between a handshake and fist bump? It's still skin against skin. Absolutely it is, and it's a great question, right? And the reason that we worry about handshakes is we touch our palms of our hand. I doubt many of you take the back of your hand and touch your face. So when we talk skin to skin, we're not concerned that the virus is going to get onto our skin. What we're concerned about is that the virus will be on our hand, and then we will touch our nose, we will touch our mouth, we will touch our face. That is how it gets exposed to us. So it's the virus being on that surface that touches the surface close. I doubt there are many people, if you think of a fist bump, do you ever turn your hand back to push that up against your face? Certainly not. It's always the palm. And that's where we see the spread occur from. Sure. That is a great question. Yeah, you, you, you go to rub, you know, if you've shaken hands with somebody, your palm, your fingers, your thumb, uh, all, all you know, exposed where you may now, you know, scratch your eye. Maybe you got a little something in your eye and you go to scratch your eye. That's one way that it gets in or, you know, you uh, by, by your nose or by your mouth. Those are the places where it gets in. Uh, makes perfect sense to me. Let me take a quick break. We'll come right back with Dr. Kevin Most and more of your questions at 312-981-7200-949. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most, as always, answering your questions about COVID-19. And really, uh, you know, if you have any other health concerns, uh, the good doctor is always here to help. And you are going to be on first with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, you're on WGN. 
Hi there, good morning. And I, um, Dr. Kevin, I know your friend Melanie, that's the physician recruiter there at the Northwestern Medical Group. But anyway, I am a senior, and I'm in good shape, and most every day I feel much younger than what I am, which is almost 63 next month. But I go for my gynae exam every year. However, I don't go for physicals. And so as a senior, I wanted to ask you, what, like, additional vaccination should I get? Should I get the shingles one? Should I get a flu shot every year? Do I need to go for a stress test now that I'm 63? Um, and if I do go for a physical, what kind of blood work do I need to have done, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, boy. I hope you got a pencil and paper. Yeah, pseudo. <laughs> uh, great questions. And and great that you follow up with your, with your OB-GYNE. Um, a lot of gynae are doing primary care right now and, and really taking care of women's health instead of just calling it OB-GYNE. So certainly... Yeah, you know, my a- gynae is very thorough, and he does look after me well, but I haven't had any kind of a physical probably ever. Right. Let's get to some yeah. of those other questions that you've got. Kev? Yeah, absolutely. So there are definitely flu shot every year, 100%. Over the age of 60, I strongly recommend it. The other two vaccines that you should probably consider right now definitely is shingles. Um, anybody who's had shingles certainly does not want to get it. And at your age, you had chicken pox as a child, so that virus is in your body dormant right now, and you want to prevent that from occurring. And then you should talk about Pneumovax. As far as blood tests, certainly we want to look at seniors and just say, okay, we want to make sure, one, do you have enough vitamin D? Because it's one of the big things for our immune system. We want to make sure that your thyroid is still working properly. We want to know what your cholesterol is. And diabetes is a big one in, as we age. So certainly those routine blood tests are something that should be performed on you. Yeah, so those would probably be the big ones right pr- there. Probably the doctor will recommend all of those tests when they they send you down for some labs, right? You'll absolutely uh, there'll be a big old checklist that you have to go down. So good luck with that, and thank you for the call, Joanne. You're next with Doctor Kevin Most on WGN. Oh, great! Thank you for taking my call, uh, Doctor. I'm 67 years old. I had um, I've been vaccinated, boosted once last November. I got the COVID bug in early May and was very ill with that. I did not know I was hypertensive until my blood pressure was going through the roof. They put me on blood pressure med. I've been fine since then. Had some heart tests. Everything turned out well. However, last week I came down with COVID again. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I thought it was a sinus infection. I had the PCR test on Thursday. They put me on erythromycin 5-pack. Um, now, now I'm seeing a cardiologist and my GP. They are unaware that I have the COVID the second time. They were telling me back in May, hold off on your second booster till the fall. My question is, should I hold off on a second booster or wait for this now that I have this probably this BA4 or 5, which I'm doing much better with. I'm not as horribly ill as I was in May. But should I wait for this new vaccine to come out, or should I get a second booster? And when would I get that second booster? Yeah, how, how, much yeah does, how much does she have to clear the COVID that she has now before, exactly. before she gets hit it the right booster? on the head. Yeah. You know, your immune system right now is fighting off BA5. 
You know, so it's very interesting. Here's someone who's vaccinated, boosted, had had an infection, and still got BA5. That is just showing us how contagious this is and how poorly the vaccines give us antibodies to stop infection. But if you also listen to Joanne, she said it's much more mild this time. So we do so that that immune system is working. What I usually tell people who have had infection is wait 30 to 60 days. Your natural immunity is still working during that time. Is that going to get you to the time when the new booster is out? Probably not. You're still going to be a little early. But with your with your track record and your history of hypertension and heart disease, I certainly would make sure I had every opportunity to be as protected as I can. So I would say within you know 60 days from now, talk to your doctor, see where that new vaccine is, if it's close to being out, and if not, get that second booster. So interesting to me that, I mean, I've heard you say over and over and others, uh, don't don't wait to get the second booster until the fall get your protection now you can always catch up with that sec- with with that new booster that'll be coming out yet other doctors are saying that's okay wait till the fall yeah dina i think you'll probably start to see that change a little bit as ba5 really starts to increase here we're really starting to look at hospitalizations going up the number of cases going up and boy i would hate to be the person that says you know what don't get that booster you probably don't need it yet let's wait till the fall and have that individual get sick and end up in a hospital. Yeah. You know, then it's like, wait a second. I, they had an opportunity. The, it's not like we're waiting for vaccines that are readily available. And certainly anybody over the age of 50 should be considering that second booster. Yeah, Joanne, thank you for the call and good luck with uh, mm-hmm. all that you're going through. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doctor. 815 area code uh, asks, what are the symptoms of B5, the BA5? Are, are they you know, similar to what, what all the other variants have been? Absolutely. The exact same ones, fever, body aches, cough, congestion, very, very similar. And it's interesting that we're seeing much milder cases as well. People have said, you know, I think I just had a little cold. But it, and they actually go out and test and finding positive. And then you have the other people that are getting almost like a bad influenza, 102 fever, body aches, and just feeling miserable for three, five days. Uh, 847 area code texts in, uh, my husband and I are 74. We have not gotten a second booster. We were going to wait until fall. We both have had COVID. Should we still get the second booster? Yeah, depending on when they had COVID, if it was recent, like I said, you probably have a little bit of natural immunity here, and you probably had BA5. If you had COVID previously, I would get that vaccine, especially at the age of 74. You know, the comorbidities, age is definitely one of them, and that's one of the ones that we don't have as much resiliency in our lung capacity. We have less capacity in our heart. So certainly those are two areas that we want to make sure COVID does not interact with us and uh, cause problems. So I would get vaccinated now knowing that you may need another one in November. We've talked about the comorbidities uh, age. You just said um, you had mentioned uh, earlier obesity. What are what are some of the other comorbidities, uh, conditions yeah, un- I mean, under which you may be more susceptible to something serious if you get uh, BA5? Sure. Anybody with asthma, COPD, so any lung disorders certainly are going to be. Those individuals with diabetes, because we know your immune system is not as great, And we know, unfortunately, those individuals with heart disease. So if we look at where the body is being attacked by this virus, those are the comorbidities that we're most concerned about. So really, it's age, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, or any other heart illness, and then any lung-related illness, COPD, previous lung cancer, 
um, asthma. Here's Nancy. You're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, doctor. Um, my question regards getting the second booster. My husband and I both had COVID in like mid-April, and the pharmacist told us to wait three months because of immunity from it. So, which is we're due now for the second booster. However, in the meantime, my husband suspected of having an autoimmune disease, the IgG4, and there is a biopsy in the future. So, if we go get a booster now, I'm wondering if that would interfere with anything. Yeah. So, you know, the, all the autoimmune illnesses, it's kind of interesting. You have the two arguments. One is make sure you get boosted, and two, anybody that's going through testing, will it interact with some of those tests? And that's very possible, so I certainly would have that follow-up. But knowing that, I certainly would want to be protected. Now, the pharmacist saying 90 days, that was 90 days ago. That was before BA5 really was right. So I think right now people are more looking at 30 to 60 days and not waiting that additional third month before they're recommending that second booster after an infection. Yeah, Nancy, good luck with all of that, and thank you for your call. Dr. Kevin Most, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Enjoy your Sunday, my friend. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. You had uh, that report in the news from Gabe about gas prices around the Chicago area. Right. Got a text in from uh, Central Illinois. You know, people listen to this show. Amazingly, people listen to the show. They actually do? From far and wide. But we they actually listen? Apparently, we do. Everywhere? Have, <laughs> I was under the impression we had exactly seven listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there are a few more than that. Uh, but in, Where in central Illinois? Well, it says here specifically, Northeast Springfield, where the gas was $4.36 a gallon. Wow. At a quick and easy gas station wasn't that your nickname in high school by the way (laughs) quick and easy gas station that was more like right across from right across from the illinois state fairgrounds 436 that's not bad that's very good compared to what we've been paying isn't it sad though that we passed that 436 is a cheap gas i know right uh i was in wisconsin yesterday i haven't been to wisconsin in a long time and I didn't even stop at Mars Cheese Castle. Or get fireworks? Didn't get any fireworks either. I went to visit some friends, but uh, the gas there, uh, I'm, I was like a, around 450. It might have been around 430 something, 450 ish. You see that, and it's like, I got to fill up. Mm-hmm. You know, my tank's almost full, but I got to fill I'm going to put, put it in anyway, yes. I got I to go get some gas, uh, con, you know, containers. <laughs> And Bring them home. <laughs> drive around with those in the trunk of my car. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, good to see the gas prices uh, starting to go down just a little bit. And let's hope they continue to do so. Yes. Uh, anything can happen here because of so many factors with economics. The person uh, from uh, central Illinois, northeast Springfield, also texted in. We were talking about uh, candy earlier, mm-hmm. movie candy. His favorite is chocolate Twizzlers. Chocolate Twizzlers. Yeah. I've never had them. Oh, it's good. I don't think I have either. Yeah, they're good. You're a Twizzlers fan. You've never had them, Dean? I don't think so. Oh, wow. I would remember if... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like... seems like that, You know, it doesn't sound... It's good, though, Andy? Yeah, it's good. My mom loves it, too. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, it's a little... Uh, it, it looks exactly the same, except that the coloring and the, mm. and the taste, yeah. 
Flavor. Does not sound appealing in any way to me. <laughs> do you like the uh, red Twizzlers or the licorice ones? What do you mean, red or licorice? Well, the red ones have like a cherry you mean red, flavor. Red or, or black? You mean? Yeah, red or black. Right, right. Uh, I like black licorice. I do like mm-hmm. black licorice, but I don't think I would like them in my Twizzlers. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, I like the red, and I believe it's a strawberry taste. Yes, it is. I believe yeah. that's what the red taste is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I enjoy a, a nice piece of black licorice. And then there's the red vines, which are the yeah, no, I don't you know, like that those. knockoff. That's uh, those are cherry, I believe. I hate those. Yeah. Those should be banished from the earth. They, <laughs> they shred, don't they? I mean, they're all the consistency. They get all the place. Yeah. In addition to the taste being different, it tastes different in your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Licorice one hundred and one, man. I got my nerve. <laughs> Trashing a chocolate Twizzler. I'm just waiting for the ice cream. Oh, yes, rainbow ice cream coming Coming up later on the show. But only for us. None of you get to enjoy it. (laughs) Ten years ago today, this was the biggest song in the world. Before there was the Korean Superboy band, BTS. In fact, one year before BTS debuted, uh, the biggest uh, name in music out of South Korea was this guy. 20 full weeks pay if you know who sings this song. Um, who is the guy in the Elvis movie again? Austin Butler. <laughs> His name is Psy. P-S-Y. Psy. And this was, uh, this was his uh, one, one song, his one big hit song. But it became the first song ever on YouTube to get one billion views. Just to give you an idea of how popular this song was. Have you ever heard this song, Schwani? Ever? If I have, it's been a long time ago. This does not... Uh, now that I saw you da- dancing else. in the newsroom <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Come on, Swanee, hit it. Sing it, Swanee, sing it. Open Gangnam Style. I remember my uh, my little nephew. He was, well, let's see, 10 years ago. He would have been four years old. Little four-year-old. Knew every word of this song. <laughs> you know, singing it phonetically. He'd have no idea. It's because it's in Korean. And uh, doing the uh, Gangnam Style dance, as Shwani was doing this morning earlier in the newsroom. (laughs) This song is uh, still in the top five most watched videos on YouTube right now. Ten years later, and still is uh, among the most watched of all time. Isn't that amazing? You say it's a billion views? A billion views. Wow. And still the most watched. It's, It's in the top five right now. Hmm. Another song that you don't know, uh, Despacito. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is the most watched video of all time on YouTube. But Gangnam Style, 10 years later, still in the top five. <laughs> I will have to, um, I yeah. guess I, admit, I better get up to date here. Yeah, study up on your uh, Korean uh, boys, boy singers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you would be good at, though? You, you'd be good in a trivia contest. I mean, this guy, Sai. Uh, is a one-hit wonder. I mean, may, this may be the biggest one-hit wonder of all time, that particular song. But uh, you, you'd, I bet you'd be pretty good on one-hit wonders through the years. 
of up to 1969, yes. And I'll take over from there. Yeah. Tag right. teaming, tag teaming yeah. it. Okay. Let's try it. Think of one. Tell me one. One hit wonder? Yeah. Um, how about, and this was a good group, uh, around 1970, um, Ride Captain Ride oh, by Blues Image. Blues they Image. were a good group, and that was a good album. It was, Andy. Starland Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. Yeah, there's oh, one. See, sure. That's one of the classic songs yeah. of all time. Yep. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, let me see. Oh, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, God, yes. Vanilla Ice. I had to play that a hundred thousand times. Right. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. You know what's another one that's uh, equally as annoying as this Gangnam Style song? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you're welcome for me putting that in your head yeah. to think about for the earworm that I've just given you. But uh, how about Don't Worry, Be Happy? Ugh. Remember how popular that was? Bobby McFerrin? And yeah. now there's a, there's a commercial, I don't know who it's for, that they whistle it through the entire commercial. Oh, how annoying. That's an Amazon commercial, I okay, think. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Macarena, by the way. That's another one. That's yeah. another one. Another I, don't, one. I don't even remember who did that. Uh, Who did the Macarena? Boom, ba, ba, boom, ba, ba, boom, <clears throat> ba, ba, boom. I remember doing that at a block party in oh, Bridgeport. Shawnee. What back is the, in the deal 90s? with you with dancing today? <laughs> well, you brought it up. I just thought I'd, you know, that was every time I, you know, someone mentions that song, I think about this block party I was at. Actually, that I was sh- fun. I shouldn't say, you know, I said uh, that I saw Shawnee dancing. For the first time ever in my life, uh, this morning in the newsroom, actually those incriminating photos that I—I I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> uh, I didn't the, want to bring it up. These pictures that I keep talking about—that if anything ever happens to me, before you call the police, before you call the coroner, before you call anybody, <laughs> go to my house and get those pictures because Shawnee does not want those pictures. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up to uh, to be <laughs> released in the public domain. But you were dancing uh, in those pictures. As were you. As I, as I, as was I. That's very true. Yeah. Los Del Rio, by the way. Remember how popular this was? Everybody was doing this uh-huh. stupid dance. Oh, Shwani dancing a little bit right now. Yeah. Shwani, you got the music in you today. Trying to stay awake. Okay, that's all I can take. Right, that yeah. was a that that's, was a version of the Macarena there. That was that yeah. was the Macarena. This is quality programming. Uh. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um, yeah, one hit wonders. So when are we getting the ice cream? later in the show oh, okay he's that kid are we there yet are we national there? <laughs> national ice cream day as proclaimed by president ronald reagan which still shocks me by the way i would hope the president of the united states would had have more, more to do than... more important things to do than make a declaration about ice cream what could be more important than declaring uh, declaring an ice cream, ice day? cream day well yeah. what happens on this program when we ask who's what's your favorite ice cream look what happens the phones the text line yep. everything just lights up very true we, that means it's very important we americans have our priorities yes we do of things, things <laughs> exactly that are important um 
That'll be later in the show. We're going to talk about this historic Chicago ice cream and if we're forced to uh, maybe eat some of it. Well, that's the whole reason. When are they coming again? I'm trying. Well, it's after 12 o'clock. Oh. What? Okay. Where are you going? Nowhere. Okay. I just thought we'd have a... Settle down. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) Go have a chocolate Twizzler. (laughs) Relax. Andy just showed me the package. Now I'm... I yeah. know what to look for when it I go does. to the... I have never seen it in the store. I have ne- I, it, it doesn't sound appealing. To, or where do you buy this, Andy? The grocery store, yeah. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Any candy counter would have it. And they also have it online uh, at that uh, A to Z place. Yeah. yeah, where they have all the... The A to Z place? The funky yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. The, the old-fashioned old candy. The, yeah. the candy that you old people eat. Yeah. What do you mean, you old people eat? Yeah, just what I meant. <laughs> That's just what I said. Uh, one hit wonders. Oh, see, we've struck another chord. Of course yep. we did. Yep. We struck another chord of things that are truly not important, but people want to talk about. <laughs> uh, come on, Eileen. Oh, yeah. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah, that was a good one. Play that funky music, White Boy. Average White Band? Wild Cherry. Or Wild Cherry, yeah. yeah. Average White Band was Pick Up the Pieces. Yep. But I okay. think that was their only hit, though, right? Uh, as far as I know, yes. I think that was the only one for, for them. Uh, the group called Chubbawamba? Yeah, tub thumping. <laughs> I'd have to hear that. To, uh, That's the whiskey drink, the vodka drink, the lager drink, the cider drink. Oh, you take a bump, yeah. bump, yeah. bump, 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 bump. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Tainted Love yeah. by, by Soft Cell. Soft Cell. I remember that. Uh, take On Me. Aha. Uh-huh. They actually had one minor hit after that. I don't want to quibble with that person, but The Sun Always Shines on TV was a, I believe it made the top four. Mm, minor hit. Minor, minor hit, yeah. I think. Right? You're right. The group Aha uh-huh is still considered a popular band in their native home of Norway. Yep. However, to the world, this group is a one hit wonder. Dis- With- despite performing at the Lillehammer Olympics <laughs> of 1994. The video, though, of this was groundbreaking. Oh, this is when videos were first starting, yeah. right? This- Talking away. I don't know what to say there you go. One hit wonder. One hit wonder today. Uh, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah. By the original version, by the, by the Tokens. A whim a whack. Mm-hmm. Walking on sunshine. Katrina and the waves. Yep. Andy knows all these. Don't forget C.W. McCall. Yeah. Convoy. Right. Got a mighty convoy yeah. rocking through the night. Boy, that got a conversation going. Yes, it did. CB radios. <laughs> yes, it did. We cover the important topics on the right. show. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, what else do we have? 99 Red Balloons, Nana. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, somebody's saying the Ides of March, but the Ides of March. Oh, no, no. That no. definitely was not no. a one hit Vehicle, wonder. LA, goodbye, yeah, number of songs. Ides of March, by. come on, yeah. on the text line. You're banished from our text line. How about Every Mother's Son? Come on down come on to my, down boat, to my baby. boat, baby. Come on down where we can play. Come now, if we're talking down. about annoying songs again uh, that were one hit wonders, how about Lou Bega and Mambo Number no. 5? Mm I did. I did like that though Oof. when it first came out. The problem is, is that you know the radio overplays them. Yeah, that's the truth. And you get sick of it. 
but I, I enjoyed Mambo Number no. Five. Yeah, when I was a top forty DJ back in the ni- or late eighties, early nineties, our quote unquote power records, the ones that were on the charts, yeah, man, high up. rotation, man. We played them every yeah. hour in twenty six minutes. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, we researched it. We know that people want to hear it every one hour and twenty six minutes. Exactly. I bet your program director came into their studio and talked just like this too, <laughs> yeah, didn't he? Hey, hey, you got to play those power records. Hey, look at this clock that I built with color dots on it. <laughs> You gotta have that high energy jingle going into this one. Come every station had they had a clock. Oh with yeah, we had the clock. Color dots oh, on yeah. it. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. DJs are too stupid to understand directions. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you have to give them an illustration with colors on it so we understand it. <laughs> oh, here's some good ones on our text line. Brandy by Looking Glass. Oh, There's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Seasons in the Sun. Terry Jacks. Mm-hmm. Bow, 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 bow. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. I don't know how you made it into a polka, but... <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, Party All the Time. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, Tony Basil's Mickey. Mickey, oh yeah. You know? uh, Achy Breaky Heart. I don't know if that's... Billy Ray Cyrus has yeah. had, had other hits. Probably a pop chart, though. I mean, he's, he's had... Hits on the country chart. Yeah, I, I guess know. so. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the the singer singer I think right right said Fred. Oh yeah, I'm too sexy. I'm too <laughs> sexy. Andy knows all yeah, these. It's, it's a shame that I do. This is Andy's. Uh, we've we've uncovered. Uh, yeah, it's the wheelhouse area of expertise. Yeah, it's the wheelhouse. Andy here. Uh, I know who's going to be on my con- my team when we have the wonder <laughs> trivia contest. I don't think it's going to be me. It's going to be you, Shawnee. <laughs> Tell you much. How about the uh, the first ever song played on MTV? Video killed the radio star yeah. by the Buggles. Yep, by the Buggles. Yep. That was kind of an all star group, though, made up of some uh, uh, musicians from other from other bands. Let's. Uh, oh, here we have to tap into Shawnee's expertise. This is right in your wheelhouse, Shawnee. Someone says the Archie Sugar Sugar. Did they? Didn't they have another hit though? Uh, they may have, but it was Andy pointed out with the uh, other group. Aha! That was a minor hit. There actually was an album that was put out by the Archies uh, with a number of things. Uh, Ron Dante, who was a producer and a longtime singer, was behind the Archies and put all that together. Mm, okay. Uh, Black Betty by Ram Jam. Ram Jam. Ooh, yeah, Black Betty Ram Jam. Um, yeah, there's some there's some good notes. They were all good songs, but uh, you know, unfortunately, for one reason or another, you know, they didn't follow up. Unfortunately, these artists were only able to strike gold one time. Ten twenty seven. We're going to get into our theater segment in a minute, and today we're going to introduce you to the star of the world premiere production of uh, The Devil Wears Prada. It's about to open in Chicago. It's going to open here in Chicago before it goes to New York. We'll talk about it coming up next. Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway in the classic film The Devil Wears Prada. Always a favorite. That has now been adapted for the stage. Uh, was supposed to have opened before the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic shut everything down. Uh, but The Devil Wears Prada is uh, finally going to hit the stage this coming Tuesday here in Chicago. The pre-Broadway world premiere will take place here. And then it'll go on to uh, New York. 
But the uh, production will be at the James M. Niederlander Theater Tuesday through August the 21st. And playing the role of Andy in the uh, production is Taylor Iman Jones, who uh, is uh, a veteran of productions of uh, Hamilton and uh, the, the Groundhog Day and Head Over Heels and so many productions. And uh, Taylor, it's wonderful to have you here in Chicago. You must be so excited as the show is getting ready to finally get lifted off the ground, right? Hello. Yes. Good morning. I am. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here in Chicago. And it's been really lovely so far. Talk to me a little about the, the timeline for this. I mean, have you been waiting to do this role for two years from before the pandemic hit? Yeah, correct. Um, I was offered the role in December of 2019. Wow. So I've just been waiting for this moment, truly, since then. So do do things completely shut down in a case like that? Or, uh, you know, is there work being done in those two years? What what goes on from, this, you know, 2019 un, until no. now? How, how does that work? How, do, how did that work? Yeah. Uh, for most of us, for those of us on stage, it, it pretty much did just shut down. Um, you know, I mean, they did. It was never like it's not going to happen, but it was. You know, we're, we have to push it back a year. We have to push it back another year. So that doesn't really give us much to do. But I know the creatives, our writer, director, choreographer, um, and the music team um, did meet up a few times throughout um, the pandemic. You know, they they had, you know they met up on Zoom. They I think had one week in a retreat to kind of help develop the show. Um, but there wasn't too much that could be done as, you know, as I'm sure Chicago really knows the entire theater world really shut down. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, I remember doing, uh, you know, in trying to cover the theater scene when there was no theater scene, <laughs> uh, talking to people about other projects uh, that they were keeping busy with. Uh, you know, just things I, I, I what I learned out of that is creative people must be creative somehow. And we were getting all these fantastic videos that people were posting online. Did you do anything like that? Did you post uh, anything like that oh. to, just to just to keep your oh, skill yeah. sharp? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I moved back in with my parents for most of the pandemic. So I definitely needed an outlet um, yeah. throughout that time. Um, I enjoyed my time with them. But, yeah, I was very active on um, Instagram and YouTube, uh, just creatively, politically, but also I did a fundraiser at one point, helped raise some money, but it was really a concert. So I think, yeah, we all needed um, to just express ourselves somehow when we yeah. couldn't do our jobs anymore. But um, like you said, it was really um, inspiring to see how creatives adapted to the time. Right. Yeah, it was really uh, kind of eye-opening uh, to see how people were keeping busy and, and staying creative during this whole thing. So I think most mm -hmm. people are pretty familiar with the movie, The Devil Wears uh, Prada. How different will the stage version be than what we know on film? Absolutely. Um, you know, the stage version is going to be slightly different just because our characters have to sing and dance. <laughs> you know, they don't really... Uh, I have to do that in the movie or even in the book. So that requires a different type of energy and a different type of storytelling. Um, but it'll be, it'll still be the story that people love. Um, we've also updated it to 2022. You know, the movie is, I think, 16 years old now. 
Which, which is and amazing so, to me, to... by the way. When when I saw me too. that the movie is that old, it's like that can't be. That has to be a typo. I know because it, 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 the story still holds. It feels so contemporary, um, and so I think that's what makes it a good musical and a cool story to tell now. But you know, uh, our representation is completely expanded. Um, ver- you know, versus the movie, um, our the way we've handled some topics are, or, you know, kept or gotten rid of some topics are reflective of the world we live in, you know, in 2022 mm-hmm. versus uh, 2009. So, yeah. Or, yeah, when it came out. But still... Um, so I think that's nice. Yeah, it's still basically a story of, uh, you know, th- this uh, kind of fish-out-of-water story of this uh, rather mm-hmm. uh, plain plain girl that comes to work in the middle of the most high fashion uh, company that there can be and trying to adapt and fit in and, you know, dealing with all of the uh, personalities. I mean, I, I guess that's the, the plot line really, right? In a nutshell. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A young person, um, you know, stepping into a new world and being thrown about truly, but also discovering themselves, which is really nice. Yeah. And I think why this story is so, um, relates to so many people because i think we've all felt like that at some point or another you know whether it's a new school or a new job or a new city um and you know having to adapt and the successes and shortcomings that come with all of that right right uh and uh, you are you are blessed in the show to be uh, singing songs that have been written by sir elton john which is quite amazing yeah. Let me take a, a break, and we'll uh, come back and talk about that, uh, his involvement, you know, the, the Elton John magic that he often puts on a show. Talking with uh, Taylor Iman Jones, who's playing Andy in this uh, world premiere production of The Devil Wears Prada musical that hits the stage this coming Tuesday, and will play through August the 21st over at the Niederlander Theater in Chicago. Ten forty-eight, Dean Richard, Sunday morning on WGN, our week in theater segment. Yeah, this was a little song that Elton John wrote for another theatrical project uh, back in nineteen ninety-four. That is that a fair amount of success? I guess you might say the Lion King. Uh, Elton has been very prolific uh, in songs for the stage and motion pictures. Uh, with Tony Awards and Oscars uh, to prove it all, Taylor Ramon Jones, who plays Andy in the production of The Devil Wears Prada musical that's about to world premiere here in Chicago before it uh, goes to New York, is on the phone line with us. So what's it like uh, to uh, be singing uh, these original Elton John songs? Taylor, uh, you know, has there been interaction with Elton John? Uh, in getting ready for all this, uh, a little bit. So, um, so to answer your first question, it is very surreal to sing brand new um, Elton John music. Um, I even got a new song two weeks ago, and so it's like this is like hot off the presses Elton John music. <laughs> right. it's wild to know that he even knows that I exist, let alone like knows my name. <laughs> right. Um, we haven't uh, met him in person yet, but uh, we have met his husband, David Furnish, who's one of our producers. He's um, pretty present in a lot of our rehearsals, so it's been nice to connect 
in that way and, you know, have um, kind of firsthand uh, back and forth, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just to sing Elton John music is one dream come true, but, like, Aida and Lion King, like you were just playing, are also two of my favorite musicals on the planet. Right. So to be in an Elton John musical is a reality that I never even knew was possible. Yeah. Um, and that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine what that must be like for a performer, uh, you know, to have this legacy of somebody who is so successful uh, in uh, songs for the stage and songs for movies. Uh, you know, he knows, he knows what it takes to uh, t- tell a story and to you know to provide a, a very gratifying song, so I, I can't wait to he- uh, hear some of this. Also, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes, well, definitely behind the scenes, I guess, is uh, your director in this uh, motion mm-hmm. picture, who is no stranger to Chicago, Anna D. Shapiro, uh, was mm-hmm. the artistic director of Steppenwolf uh, Theater forever, and uh, has done lots of projects since she's left Steppenwolf. <clears throat> but uh, what's what's that like? What's the Anna Shapiro experience like of getting ready to stage a world premiere musical? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun, and it's such a learning experience. It's um, a, a, a level of excellence that we all strive for because of who she is, like because of how she runs her room in a great way. Um, not only does she like expect the best of us, pull the best out of us. But she's also really facilitated a room of caring and of like nurturing every human. Like I've never been in a room that it feels so supportive, you know, whether you're having a good day or a bad day or a confused day um, she's really been an advocate for making sure we have all the tools we need, both as actors and as just people in the world. Um, so that has been uh, such a gift. And um, that's got to be so. It has made us. It, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's made us all want to, you know, carry this feeling yeah. to our future projects. I was just yeah. going to say, as you know, as creative beings. To have somebody mm-hmm. who knows how to nurture, you know, the creative spirit uh, and get the best out of performers, uh, you know, it's you. You've been in a lot of other big shows, didn't you? Just you just mm-hmm. came off of uh, Hamilton, I think, right in L.A. Yes, and, yes, correct. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty strong creative environment to be in, uh, and and now to be in this. Uh, you've got to be pinching yourself at, you know, your career trajectory. You've been in some pretty, pretty big shows with some pretty important people. Uh, but uh, this, this has to feel special to you to be starring in a world premiere production. Nobody has seen this yet, uh, you know, and will premiere here in Chicago. It's got to make you feel terrific. Uh, to say the least, for sure. Um, it if is, you weren't nervous it, before, it I hope you, I made you nervous now with that. <laughs> well, for sure, because I've done, you know, I've done Broadway before, I've done new musicals before, but I've never, and, you know, I've done uh, Hamilton, which, you know, has the success that that came with, but um, this is the first time that they're kind of all three coming into one. And yes, with a, a such a beloved movie title, 
with, you know, Elton John music. So there is a lot, (laughs) there's a ton of pressure (laughs) um, that I can feel. But like you said, I feel very blessed and I feel very lucky. Um, I feel like it's what I've been working towards. So I'm trying to question it less and just be like, this is, you know, this is what you wanted. So let's uh, embrace it and celebrate. Exactly. Also that one day at a time, because, you know, as the pandemic showed, you know, showed us anything is anything is possible. So, you know, just being really present and um, uh, I'm really just happy that all of my years of commuting back in the Bay Area have paid off. Right, right. What does this mean to you to have this, op- you know, the, the world premiere of the pre-Broadway run uh, being here in Chicago? What, what do you think Chicago audiences will contribute to this uh, production as it gets ready to head to the Great White Way? Um, yeah, I have never really spent time in Chicago, so I didn't know much about it before coming here. But um, ever since we heard this is where Out of Town would be, every single person who's ever touched here was like, oh, my gosh, Chicago is the best place for theater. Their audience are so, so smart. They're so with it. They're so excited for shows. They're so, you know, they, they want they want the new stuff and they want to be a part of that and they want to see it. Um, and so I think that is exciting yeah the the feedback that uh anna uh, shapiro will get and the performers will get from chicago audiences will definitely greatly affect the show uh as it moves on to new york uh, people can see it it uh, will open uh here in chicago at the niederlander theater uh, this coming tuesday and will play till august the 21st you can get ticket info at broadwayinchicago.com Taylor, I can't wait to see it. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you, and I thank you so much for joining us. A quick break, and we'll update news coming up next. But more importantly, just an hour away until the three of us eat ice cream. Oh, yeah. To celebrate National Ice Cream Day. Absolutely. I, I was bro- going to ask, but since you brought it up, I Mr. Weight Watchers. Why Mr. Weight Watchers <laughs> yeah. in there is like pretty excited about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been running laps through the hallways in between sports Oh, trying to, to burn, off sure, some, yeah, uh, burn off some extra calories. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, you haven't been looking. Oh, <laughs> too busy dancing. Yeah. Shwani, That's how I burn off my extra calories. Shwani thinks he's on Soul Train this morning. <laughs> He's a solid gold dancer. <laughs> He's a solid gold, a solid gold dancer. That's right. You know what? You were reporting on the, the Cubs' double loss to the Mets yes, yesterday. Yes. All I can think of every time you give that score is how mad Ron Santo would be. Oh my goodness! Losing well, two games to the Mets. Yeah, and it was a, it was a long day too because it was a split double header. So the first game started at one twenty. The second game started at seven oh five. So the first game ended around. 5 o'clock, which doesn't leave you a whole lot of time to, you know, go home or come back, you know, that kind of thing, especially a lot of people live in the burbs. Yeah. And then the, the nightcap went until about 11.15. So it was an excruciatingly long and awful day at the ballpark yesterday. You spent probably more time with Ron, I mean, outside yeah. of, uh, outside of uh, uh, you know the the broadcast team mm-hmm. itself. You were you know with him all yes. the time. Yes. How would you de- describe his hate for the New York Mets? <laughs> Let's just put it to you this way: if we were at the old Shea Stadium, which has now since been replaced by City Field, and there was one elevator that you come in the entrance for, and it had a big Mets logo on it. It was the slowest elevator in all humanity. <laughs> so Ronnie, telling me how much he hates the Mets, was pummeling the emblem 
of the Mets with his cane. <laughs> now he claims he claims Ronnie. it was to wake up the the operator of the elevator who was you know three or four stories above us to let him know that there were people downstairs. I'm thinking, okay, well you push the button so they know there are people downstairs. Yeah, right. So he was wailing on that thing with his cane. <laughs> I just remember. I mean, it wasn't a, it, it when I would listen to him talk about the Mets. It it didn't sound like a joke to me. No, it, it was sounded no like joke. like deep seated hatred that goes back to 1969. It right? does. It goes. And I think it goes back a little further than that. Even just uh, you know, obviously '69 became the uh, became the the noticeable situation where he would you know rightfully disliked that team that came back from way back and and ended up winning the World Series, stealing it from the Cubs. Yeah, really, they took it from the Cubs. And uh, yeah, we, th- th- don't forget though that was also the place that Ronnie's hairpiece caught on fire. <laughs> that was the uh, second game of the 2003 season during the national anthem yeah, that would do it when we were smelling uh, during the national anthem yeah, it, it, it smelled in the booth yeah. like uh, like burning rubber yeah the bombs bursting in yeah, air had took on a whole new meaning <laughs> and the rocket's red glare too how yeah. did his hairpiece catch on fire so they had these old space heaters and the and shea stayed in the roof kind of pitched toward the front of the booth so it was it was the roof was lower in the front than it was in the back and they had these space heaters that were hanging over the top you know they were lengthwise and he stood up, and he was right up, right up against. It. <laughs> Didn't even realize it. Oh, jeez! So the, uh, the the number one hairpiece quickly became the gamer, yep. which was the one he only wore with a hat. So he had to right. get a new one into rotation. Ronnie, he was a piece, and Ronnie, he was Ronnie, so Ronnie. much fun to be around. I tell you, you know, win, lose, or draw, he was one of the most genuine yep. human beings and generous human beings I think I have ever encountered in my life. Yeah. Well, you knew him, uh, yeah. you know, as I say, better than most. Uh, but, you know, my, my limited uh, contact with him and interviewing him several times for when his, uh, you know, DVD came out oh, on, yeah. his, on his life and the many times, you know, where we would just hang out in the hallway and talk. Just it could not be a nicer man. Sweet guy. Sweet, sweet guy, knowledgeable, and 1,000% what you saw is what you got. Oh, yes. There was no pretense There was whatsoever. no pretense at all. Uh, and uh, I, I still miss him. I know a lot of people do. Yeah. But when I, when I heard that the Cubs lost two of them to the Mets yesterday, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm glad Ronnie's not here. Today. Yeah, he would have been banging on the table. And he would not be, yeah. not be a happy man no. with all that. No. Chicago's very own Billy Corgan. Smashing Pumpkins, their song 1979. Uh, I think it's pretty great what Billy Corgan is going to be doing uh, one week from Wednesday, July 27th. Uh, He's doing a charity concert for survivors of the uh, Highland Park shooting. Uh, Shwani, you know that uh, Billy Corgan uh, lives in Highland Park. He's lived there for quite a while, uh, 20 years to be exact. He owns a business there. He opened a, a what do you call it, a, a tea uh, house, uh, Madame Zuzu's Tea House, it's called, where you know you can sit and have some tea and listen to music, and you know it's a, a really, really nice event. But uh, Billy put out a message on his Instagram page, Uh, that uh, talks about uh, how people in Highland Park have been affected. Uh, There are so many people here who have been affected by this tragedy. It's very close to our hearts. We hope you will participate and support as well 
this uh, charity live stream show that he's going to be putting on on July 27th, where all the proceeds will go to the July 4th Victims Response Fund. Uh, This will, as I say, take place on July 27th. Uh, You can go to the Tea House, but uh, you can also watch this uh, concert event for free on the Smashing Pumpkins YouTube page. There'll also be a place there where you can make uh, donations. So, um, you know, Billy's going to bring in a bunch of his friends also to perform. So far, Smashing Pumpkins drummer Jimmy Chamberlain has signed on. Jazz saxophonist Frank Catalano also has signed on. I imagine there are going to be a lot of great Chicago performers, but who knows who uh, you know Billy is going to bring into the, the mix of all of this. Uh, it's July 27th, which is uh, right before Lollapalooza starts. And, uh, you know, Billy and the, the Pumpkins have been touring with uh, Perry Farrell and Jane's Addiction. So I don't know if they're going to be part of it or not, but we're going to have some world-class, you know, performers in Chicago right around that time. And, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Billy's making some calls to see if, uh, you know, who he can get to be part of this very special broadcast. Uh, and all to benefit the uh, the uh, 4th of July uh, Victims Response Fund. So uh, good for him, good for Billy for uh, stepping up and, you know, being part of this. And I, I guess that really kind of shows you, doesn't it, how whether you were in downtown Highland Park when this happened, whether you saw anything or heard anything, uh, the whole community is affected by this. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I can't think of any time where a community and uh, people in general have rallied to try to help uh, survivors, try to help people who may be affected with uh, anxiety as a result of this, uh, you know, helping kids who are affected by this. I know kids all over the Chicago area that I've heard, you know, people uh, have told me that their kids are wondering, is it safe to go outside? Is it okay to go outside, mommy? You know, that's uh, that's disturbing. Uh, so uh, this one uh, has had a, a tremendous effect. And, uh, you know, I, I've known Billy Corrigan for a long time, and... Uh, I've always thought he's a really down-to-earth, stand-up, you know, just great guy, charitable, uh, helpful to others. And here, he, you know, he's showing the true spirit of his character by uh, organizing and, and putting on the show. So uh, we'll keep you posted on all of that and uh, look forward uh, to, uh, you know, bringing you updates on who else uh, may be performing uh, as a result of it, as I had mentioned, it's just th- this event itself is just a day or two before Lollapalooza starts in Grant Park. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me one bit if, uh, you know, they bring some of the people who are ske- coming scheduled to to be uh, in Grant Park for Lollapalooza to come in a little bit beforehand and uh, do a little something all at uh, Madam Zuzu's Tea House in uh, highland park that's where it's going to be taking place it's eleven eighteen. this is dean richard sunday morning on wgn that is a 1927 song a 1927 recording 
I Scream, You Scream, We All Scream for Ice Cream, done by the Warings Pennsylvanians, recording that we found. It's kind of catchy, though, isn't it, Andy? That was Schwanny right there, right? <laughs> the the uh, froggy voice yeah. in there? <laughs> that is a classy song right there. Uh, we're gonna, it's National Ice Cream Day, so we're going to be celebrating with our friends from Original Rainbow Ice Cream coming up later on. Uh, a disturbing text, and I know that Andy's a little bit of a picky eater, so yes. I'm kind of uh, curious of your reaction to this text that's come up. Uh, I know you're. It says eight one five area code. I know you're going to be talking about ice cream. Can you make the topic unusual flavored ice creams? says that I've had blue cheese ice cream and mushroom ice cream oh. in California, uh, wondering what's the strangest flavors that you've ever had. Well, certainly not either of those. No. I'll tell you. Not even close. Yeah. You wouldn't even consider those, would you? No. I mean, that's it's far-reaching for me to go Spumoni. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, maybe I'm not kidding. But you like what's your favorite flavor though? Well, you know, I grew up I, I grew up allergic to chocolate, so oh. so vanilla was always a strong play for me because yeah. it was it was simple, and um, I could put uh, like butterscotch chips on it and things like that to, to you know dress it up a little bit, right. caramel sauce rather than the chocolate sauce. So I got used to that. But then as I was growing up and getting a little bit uh, out of my uh, allergic phase. Nothing like Neapolitan. Get all three for one, you know, one scoop. Get all three. Chocolate, what, vanilla, and strawberry. That's what makes the rainbow ice cream so, oh, yeah. so fantastic. It's awesome. It's a little, little of everything. Um, you know what I had this week, talking about vanilla, van, you know, vanilla ice cream and adding something to it. Uh, I had some fresh cherries at home. Oh, yes. Chopped those babies up. By the way, I got this new uh, device. Uh, I'm not a, a big one on uh, these contraptions that they make for the kitchens that normally don't work. But I did a segment last Wednesday on TV uh, where I made a cherry cobbler on TV. So I had like five pounds of cherries that I had to get the pits out of. And I thought, I'm going to sit here one by one. It's going to take forever. And somebody told me about this uh, device where you can put six cherries in at a time. You like push the lever and it pits six cherries at a time. It's the greatest device mm. I've ever seen. That's great. Yeah, it's a great uh, invention. I know that sounds crazy. But anyway, I had all these cherries at home and some left over from when I uh, made this cobbler uh, recipe on TV. A uh, little, little scoop of vanilla ice cream with some fresh cherries oh. in, on it. That's good eating. So right good. Get some uh, uh, this, uh, ice cream with uh, some nice uh, fresh strawberries. A little fresh fruit on it delicious nothing better than fresh uh, cherries fresh bing cherries so good so plentiful uh, right now as well uh but anyway i can't i like blue cheese you probably don't know i don't like it yeah you don't yeah. like blue cheese i i love blue cheese blue cheese dressing on a salad i love i had that just the other day it was yeah. fantastic very good but what about blue cheese ice cream is what this texture is asking about have you ever? Does that even sound good to you? I don't know. I don't know. No. I'm ready to try anything once, but uh, you know, offhand, I'm not <laughs> quite sure what that would be that like. Sounds gross to me. And I like some of these other flavors, you know, outside of spumoni or uh, 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 strawberry ice cream. Things like birthday cake or bubblegum ice cream mm. or cinnamon ice cream. I like those. Oh yeah, those yeah. are good. 
Like tutti frutti? Tutti frutti, sure. What is tutti frutti? Do you know? Tutti means total or all in Italian. Tutti. Tutti frutti. So it's all kinds of fruit. Tutti frutti. Yeah, all kinds of fruit, a total amount of fruit. Here's the uh, definition uh, from Wikipedia, which we all know is always correct. (laughs) (laughs) Tutti frutti is a colorful confectionery containing various chopped, usually candied fruits, uh, combined with the flavor of different fruits and vanilla. And then, you know, if if it's ice cream, it's so it's basically candied fruit uh, in vanilla ice cream. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah, that's good. But uh, I don't know, Shwani, you were you were busy running your newsroom, as you alleged to do. Yes. Uh, I was telling Andy that I, I had some leftover Bing cherries, threw it on some ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's, that's That'll he- work. That's heaven on earth. Oh, right? yeah. Heaven in a bowl right there. That's heaven in a bowl right there. Those would be good. Um, but, yeah, blue cheese in the ice cream? I don't think so. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass. I'll, I'll, you know, what I, what I always say when people say, well, you don't like that, more for you. Yeah. Mushroom ice cream? No, no thanks. No, I don't know. I don't think so. It's no. gross. No. Let's see if anybody else is texting in some weird... Somebody somebody is saying that sweet corn ice cream is delicious. I would I've try never that. heard of these. I would, I would try that. Cheese, sweet corn, and I could see, mushroom ice cream? I could see sweet corn before I would see mushroom. Yeah, me too. At least it's sweet. Yeah. And it would be good. Um, oh, here, Andy, you might know this. Oh, Andy, Andy, uh, I grew up in Glenview. Yep. I love going to Glenview Dairy Queen. Oh, it's Glenview Dairy Barn right there on by the railroad tracks on Lehigh. <laughs> Settle down. I used to ride my bike there all the time. <laughs> Settle down, <laughs> boy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, certain words, just, you know, flashback. I'm there. said, I love going to the, the Glenview Dairy Queen, also called the Glenview Dairy Barn. Yep. Uh, Harlem and Glenview Road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's my reaction when I hear Rainbow, because I, I grew up right near Rainbow Ice Cream. Uh, let's see. Somebody said uh, licorice ice cream. They love licorice-flavored ice cream. I've had licorice-flavored oh. ice cream. It's I good. Had, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that would seem okay. Mm. Uh, let me see here. Everything but the bagel ice cream. Oh, and, like that's like the seasoning? I guess so. Yeah. That's like garlic, and that's that doesn't sound good in ice cream to me. No, me neither. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, here's somebody that also has that the very device that I had to pit cherries. <laughs> and they're also crazy about it like I am. That's cool. We are crazy people. We are crazy people. We get so excited. I was so excited pitting these cherries this week. Uh, balsamic fig ice cream. That I could see. That I could see being quite delicious. Uh, pineapple ice cream, yeah, that makes pineapple's sense. Pineapple's okay. good. That'd be good. Yep. Yeah, pretty much any kind of fruit with ice cream. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. How do you guys on sherbet? I love a sherbet. Orange sherbet, yeah. I, I love a nice yeah, sherbet. Sure. Raspberry, too. yes. Okay. I like the orange myself. Yeah, orange is good. Mm-hmm. Lime. I like lime. The lime. Lime is yep. good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and again, ladies and gentlemen, perhaps the highlight of our broadcast day, uh, Dean, Andy, and Shwani eat rainbow ice cream while you can't. <laughs> well they just have to go to the you know to the rainbow cone yeah you're on yeah. your own to get yeah. your own ice cream with this we're taking care of ourselves here uh that's <laughs> for national ice cream day that's coming right up Eleven thirty-six. 
Richard Sunday Morning, WGN. What? Jesus Christ, superstar music. This time of year, what? Normally this is right around April or so, right? Right around Easter that we feature all these things. But... Production of Jesus Christ Superstar is about to open at the Cadillac Palace Theater in the Theater District in downtown Chicago. Going to open this coming Tuesday night. Going to be running the full month, uh, the remainder of the month of uh, July. And this is more like the John Legend version of Jesus Christ Superstar. That uh, one uh, John Legend, an Emmy Award. Uh, for his amazing portrayal, uh, pretty different from the original production of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and certainly the movie uh, that starred uh, our, our pal uh, Ted Neely. But I wanted it to bring to your attention because it's such a great family show, uh, a good opportunity to you know get the kids into and exposing them to uh, live theater on stage. Uh, and, you know, a nice big theatrical production of this uh, really would be fun. And by the way, what they're going to be doing here, this is uh, uh, a great idea to save you all some money with this. They're going to have a digital lottery for a limited number of $25 seats for every performance of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, yeah, there's gonna, they're going to have a lottery for every performance. If you want to get info on that, uh, just go to broadwayinchicago.com and then click on, you know, they, they have a listing of all the shows for Broadway in Chicago. Click on Jesus Christ Superstar and the details for the digital lottery are there. But it's the 50th anniversary of uh, this uh, amazing, amazing uh, production, one of my favorite musicals of all time. And uh, we've gotten to know Ted Neely pretty well through the years. Uh, Ted Neely uh, originally starred as Jesus in the uh, pre-Broadway production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, He starred on Broadway and then, of course, starred in the motion picture. And this was, what, 2015? We're going back into the archives for a chat with our pal, uh, Ted Neely, the original a Jesus Christ oh, Superstar. It's just a pleasure. You are truly one of the most nice people oh, that we've, just we've had on the, you. the program. You know that. I just can't help myself. Well, um, it, it, you've been out at the Hollywood uh, Boulevard in Woodridge yes. uh, for special screenings that they've been having of Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, you and some of the other cast uh, members, original cast members from the movie. What do people say to you when they they come to you, you know, see the movie, to meet you, to say hello? I would imagine that people have a rather profound experience meeting you. Yes, they do. And what has been the most repeated of all profound moments for me is when people will walk up to me, whether it's a grandfather or a grandmother or the son and daughter or the grandchildren and so on, they will walk up and we make eye contact and tears start to roll down their cheeks. And they say, I thank you for giving me the direction for my faith. Mm. Yeah. And that wasn't me. I, that was that movie. That was the music you're talking about. The magnificence of that score that everybody can sing. It just told the story in a very humanistic manner. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the it's the power of the film. It for, is for sure. Yes. Uh, for me, uh, my 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 memories uh, are you know from first seeing this rather revolutionary film at the time. I think part of it was that I might have been a teenager or in my early twenties then. 
Yes. You know, and it was part of, I think, being that age and wanting to be different than your parents. Yes. Uh, and this movie told the story of uh, Jesus in a completely different way than I had ever heard yes. any time previous uh, in my life. So, I mean, it was... It, it, it was it was a moving revolutionary moment, I think, for lots of us of a certain age. Well, I, I must say that Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber's original concept was to look at Jesus as he walked upon the earth through the eyes of his contemporaries, his friends, his not so friendly people, and they all saw him as a man. So you saw the human side of Jesus of Nazareth, and that's what people can so readily relate to. Kind of uh, flack did you take when this movie first came out? I can only imagine that there might have been a few traditionalists not so happy, not so into the whole rock and roll experience. Perfect word you chose, flack. You know? <laughs> yeah. Especially when we uh, did it on Broadway prior to the film. It was the first time it was done as a live production. And we had people stacked up all around 51st and Broadway protesting are going into the building to work, literally. And we would have to push our way through to get to the doorway. And uh, I would ask people, uh, pardon me, but uh, have you seen our show? And the answer was always no. Right. Then I would say, would you please just come in as my guest and watch the production? And then after we finish, talk to me. Tell me what you don't like. I'll talk to the directors. Maybe we can change something. They were very surprised. They would come in. They waited for me in the lobby. After the show, I would walk into the lobby, and their arms would go up into the air. We love this show. Oh, it's wonderful. See, and then they'd yeah. come back and bring family and friends. Yeah, you know? that's a very interesting, that very interesting uh, yes. reaction. And the biggest complaint was it was called Jesus Christ Superstar. They couldn't handle that. Then, second to that, was we hear Jesus is singing with a rock and roll band. Couldn't handle that. People just thought that was sacrilege? Absolutely. Yeah. Blasphemy. Absolute, complete contradiction of the Christian faith, the philosophy. But when they saw and heard those, those songs, loved everything about it. Yeah. How did it change your life? You're, I mean, you were, what, a young actor? I was then? only six at the time. You were, well, okay, you were, in, it, it, you were in third grade. Yes, it was the so. baby Jesus from oh, the beginning. You were the baby Jesus first. Okay. <laughs> Don't remember that version. <laughs> Must have come in a little later. I mean, how, do, how does this? Ch I mean, we have, we have actors in here all the time that you know take on roles that become uh, signatures to them. They, yes. You know, they become that yes. character forever. Um, I, I wonder how that has affected you being typecast in this role. So identified. I shouldn't say typecast because that infers something negative. But you you were so identified with this uh, character, but you've been I so identified with the character maybe yes. on earth. Yes. Well, typecast is all right, because if you're going to be typecast in this business, what better person to be typecast <laughs> That's as, <true>. you see? <laughs> right. It's right. all positive. It changed my life absolutely for the better, not only spiritually, because we got to make this film in Israel, and what an amazing experience it was to feel that atmosphere while we were doing what we were doing. Plus, which, while I was there, I had the great good fortune, uh, fortune of meeting the lovely lady who eventually became my wife. She's one of the dancers in the film. Changed my life in every possible way for the better. And Norman Jewison, our brilliant director, the visionary man who, who heard these songs and said, I can make a film out of this. He nurtured us as if we were his family the whole time. And there were only two people in the entire company that had been in front of a 
cinematic camera. Mm. It was Ponch's pilot, Barry Dinnan, Josh Mostel, who played Herod. They'd done parts in various films. The rest of us... First time, you see. You're all Broadway actors, yes, stage yes, actors. Yes, yes, Or street people who look like they could be in Hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us were in the original productions of Hair together, so we were we were hippie-looking people, you see. Hippie and we could all people. sing and right. sort of dance, and it was the timing was absolutely perfect. Yeah. And we all feel that had it not been for the extreme success of Hair, that we might not have had a Broadway show called Jesus Christ Superstar, because Hair opened the door for rock. For rock. Rock musicals, yeah. You know. yeah. Was was there ever a point in your career that you just you know wanted to do a romantic comedy, wanted of to course. do a drama, wanted to do uh, yes. you know something? But Absolutely. you were so associated with playing Jesus. There just were no calls for Jesus in the, in the stand up comedy <laughs> in a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> that would really be pushing the envelope. <laughs> uh, let me take a quick break, and we'll come back with more with Ted Neely and uh, some of you on the phone. Yeah, we'll get back to this 2015 interview with uh, Ted Neely and celebrate of the new production of Jesus Christ Superstar that's coming to the Cadillac Palace Theater starting next Tuesday for the rest of the month of July. We'll have a little bit more of that coming up in just a minute. It's 11.48. Dean Richard, Sunday morning, WGN. Today, going back into the vaults for one of our interviews with Ted Neely, who starred as Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar, the motion picture, celebrating its 50th anniversary, uh, starred in the same role before it became a motion picture prior to uh, 1972 uh, as well. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar getting ready to open at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Uh, starting this coming Tuesday and running through the month of July. Uh, if you're interested in this classic uh, you know, musical, all the songs are there. The production is a little bit different. I actually really like the, uh, the kind of revised uh, production that they did of G- Jesus Christ uh, Superstar. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's the similar production that they did at the Lyric Opera to prior to the pandemic, maybe five years ago, something like that. This is similar to the one that they did at the Paramount out in Aurora. Uh, similar to the one that John Legend did. It's a little, uh, a little more raw, uh, but really tells uh, you know the, the beautiful story uh, with all the wonderful songs at the uh, same time. It's really amazing how this uh, production has stood the test of time for all of these years back in uh, 2015 we've had many visits with ted neely who starred as jesus in the production the original productions but back in 2015 we talked to him about uh, whether or not jesus christ superstar uh, is still relevant is so contemporary in its concept because of Tim Rice and Andy Lloyd Webber wanting to make it a rock opera. The story of the last seven days in the life of Jesus of Nazareth as seen through the eyes of his friends and his not-so-many friends. And they all saw him as a man. And it's not challenging the deity, absolutely accepting the deity of the Son of God, but people knew nothing of that until the crucifixion and resurrection. So you're looking at someone like yourself who's going through life questioning his 
good things and the bad things yeah. and wanting to do right. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful story we all know. But put those songs, the magnificent songs that they wrote that anybody can sing. It's what, makes it, to, it's what makes it so relatable is yeah, that it, 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 you, you can relate your own life experience to everything that's going on. I think that's the point, right? Absolutely right. That's, that's the point of the whole thing. This is Hap on the line at 312-981-7200. Hap, you're on the line with Ted Neely on WGN. Good morning, Dean, and good morning, Ted. And Hello. Gosh, how many years? What was it, 1960? I'm trying to remember the, the year the movie came out. The movie came out in 1973. Oh, gosh, I was thinking it was the 60s. Well, whatever the case. The only criticism I really ever heard about the movie or of people responding to it, and even my own feelings, I'm not terribly religious, is there was no mention of the resurrection. And the resurrection really is is part of uh, of Jesus' story and I'm, and what made made him so uh, well <laughs> so unique if you will was there ever any any thought of including that or it wasn't just thought it was just not enough time well honestly Hap, it wasn't something that was intentionally left out what we were dealing with here, Tim Rice and Anna Lord Weber concept, was to look at Jesus of Nazareth in the last seven days of his life as he walked upon the earth as a man prior to resurrection. And they felt that the best thing to do, because they were looking at Jesus the man, was to stay within the humanity of the character. And that seems to be what has connected the world to this for so many years. Yeah, the uh, essence of the story. Thank you for the call. This is Linda next on WGN. Good morning. Boy, I love that movie. It came out when I was just graduating college, so I was, I just loved it. Um, I wanted to mention, I was also a dance student at the time and was really looking forward to seeing the movie because of Twyla Sarp, the choreographer, and uh, the dancing was wonderful as well. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it had everything. I mean, it had all your entertainment elements that you wanted. Yes. Obviously, this very profound story, but yes. uh, a very, very entertaining movie, uh, you know, with all the entertainment elements. Absolutely. And if you just take the Simon segment alone, which was all that magnificent dance that this lady's talking about, it is absolutely amazing to watch that. Linda, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Karen's next on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. This is such a thrill. I wanted to tell the story of my uh, children who loved, loved, loved the music, and we played the record all the time. And uh, one afternoon, I was out in front of the house uh, waiting for my second grader to come home from school, and there he came down the street singing at the top of his lungs, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's wonderful. Is he available to sing today? <laughs> no, he's in Omaha. Uh, we could use a good, work. strong voice. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for you. the call, Karen. You must have all kinds of stories, I, I would imagine, right, of uh, you know fans through the years who, who may have been little kids when the first movie first came out, now bringing yes. their children to come and see you and meet you yes. uh, now as adults. Honestly, just last night that happened. My family came, and they walked up to me, and I recognized them because of every time I get to Chicago, they've always come, every every time. So she said, we have to show you these photographs. And she went into her purse and pulled out three photographs of me standing with their daughter, who I believe was three the first time. Then she was five or seven, and then she was... 
almost 10, and now she's 16. And there's photographs of us going through those years, that same little girl. And she's now a singer, and How she's pursuing that? her career. How about that? That's amazing. This is uh, Mark on WGN. Good morning. Yeah, the other Top 40 song was I Don't Know How to Love Him by Yvonne Elliman, oh, and yeah. Helen Reddy did a version of it, too. I like the Yvonne Elliman better. I um, agree. Yeah. I, I read some program notes when I saw this in England, and some lyrics that I had had a theological problem with, that went away as soon as I read Rice and Weber saying, we wanted to write a musical from the point of view of Judas. And a lot of things that Jesus says as seen through the eyes of Judas, make a lot more sense when you know that, because Judas wanted Jesus to be a great political king, and Jesus wanted to be a different kind of king, uh, the leader of a love revolution, you might say. And Judas, Judas was very disappointed in Jesus, and everything he says in the musical, and even in the song you played, Superstar, reflects that. So I think people need to understand that before they object to the musical. I'm I'm pretty orthodox in my Christian belief, but I love this thing. Well, you're absolutely right, being the point of view of, Jesus, of Judas, excuse me, because Judas is definitely the narrator of the piece, along with all the other people who were there, the human people that were there with the human Jesus. Ted was, uh, thank you for the call, uh, Mark. I appreciate it. Ted was telling me a story during the break uh, that the uh, producer director of the film Fiddler on the Roof, which happened to be on uh, cable last night, I was just flipping around, flipping around, and I see Fiddler on the Roof. You know, I'm hearing tradition, tradition. I stop for a second. You know, I'm a sucker for a good musical. Yes, sir. Watch it for a second. The credits come up, and I see Norman Jewison's name, who produced and directed Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, you told me this amazing connection uh, that had had one of the actors uh, from Fiddler not been... Uh, working on Jesus Christ Superstar, there may not have been a movie version of Jesus Christ Superstar. That is, that is correct. And the actor in question is Barry Denon, who played the role of Pontius Pilate. He was in Fiddler on the Roof. Who was also, by the way, out at uh, Hollywood Boulevard uh, with in, in Woodridge with you guys right. uh, this weekend. So you can thank him when you go out there. But tell this story. This is fantastic. Literally, they were doing the Brown album, recording the Brown album. It was still in demo form. And uh, Barry got hired to be in Fiddler on the Roof. And he took his demo tapes with him to Yugoslavia when they're on set shooting. And he's thinking, well, I'm learning this character. I have to make him a dramatic person, and I have the music. And he said, Mr. Jewison, would you mind just helping me out with this? Well, he played what he had. He had three recorded songs and then just the tracks to the pilot work. Mm-hmm. Norman heard those three songs and said, Barry, what is this? And Barry said, well, it's some friends of mine in London who are writing a rock opera. He said, well, I, I, I could make a film out of this. <laughs> that was it. Wow. Just from, from three songs. listening yeah. to a little music on a cassette. That's, that's right. On the, on the set of that. Libby, hi. You're on WGN with Ted Neely. Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I... I just wanted to tell uh, Mr. Neely, thank you. You came to the Hollywood show a couple of years ago, and we met. Um, I don't know if you remember me or not, but we talked about divine intervention, and I think it was a divine intervention that I met you because every time I'm feeling kind of sad, I think about that moment, and it makes me feel that I'm at peace, and it just brings joy to my heart. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this uh, Ted Neely uh, from our this 2015 interview uh, is such a great guy. He's been on the show with us uh, many, many times. Uh, a very talented actor, singer, 
but as nice a man as they come. And several people have texted us this morning. I mean, this interview and his appearance that he was doing in the Chicago area back in 2015, people have texted this morning that they were out there and they were moved to tears meeting him. Uh, that's how that's that's what the profound feeling was like. As I'd mentioned, Jesus Christ Superstar is back in the Chicago area. Cadillac Palace Theater starting this Tuesday and running throughout the month of July. You can get more information at broadwayinchicago.com. Hey, you know what's good on a hot day? Hot, steamy day like today? What's good? <laughs> Tomorrow's like, going to be a hot, steamy day. I was going to say, this coming week is going to be, right? We're, we're going to be back yes. into the heat and the humidity? Right, right. Highs on Tuesday, close to 90. Heat and disease uh, in the mid to upper 90s. Yeah. 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 You know what's good on a day like this? I thought unwrapping things was... Not, it's not candy. It's it was so irritating to you. <laughs> this is what it's like at any movie theater that I go to. <laughs> Has it arrived for you? Yes. Has it arrived? Oh, yes. Hang on. It's en route. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Big old bowl of ice cream. That's what's good on a day like this. Oh, this doesn't stink. <laughs> what? That's good news, you know? That is any person sitting next to me in a movie theater or live theater. Oh, God, that's annoying. Good. You finally found my Achilles heel after all these years. Oh, this is good. Uh, Original Rainbow Ice Cream is here, ladies and gentlemen. It's National Ice Cream Day. We'll talk about it coming up next. As soon as we get some of these clouds out of here, it'll be a perfect day. I guess it's clearing up a little bit. Going to be a nice day today, but oh man, did it ever get nice here at 303 East Wacker Drive in in downtown Chicago. Uh, Today's National Ice Cream Day. Yeah, that's not me. Shwani making the sounds of every person that annoys me in a movie theater. The loudest eater that I've... (laughs) Now he's eating ice cream, but... (laughs) You okay in there, Shwani? I am just fine. This sounds like this may be. I was going to play some different music, but this may be more appropriate for you. Sounds of eating original rainbow mm. ice cream. <laughs> wow, Shawnee settled down. It's the family station. <laughs> oh my God. All people. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to talk with Lynn Sapp in a couple of minutes, who's the owner of Original Rainbow Ice Cream, because it's National Ice Cream Day. And uh, she was nice enough uh, to send up some samples of rainbow ice cream. Are you okay in there, Shwani? I'm fine. Right. Yes. I love this. Right. I don't know if you're having a smoke or something right now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But it's delicious. Yes, it, it is. It is delicious. It's so funny. You know, uh, the, the ice cream was <laughs> delivered during the news. And just watching each person dig into their the, – the way they brought it to us, you know, it's a, a little more practical than an ice cream cone for delivery like this. It's in a little styrofoam cup. But all of the layers are there. Layer of orange uh, sherbet, uh, pistachio, Palmer House, strawberry ice cream, and chocolate. Normally, it's all slathered on a, a cup, uh, a, uh, a cone. But I kind of like this cup idea also. Yeah, it's not bad. That's, Easier to eat. Yeah, it is a little bit. Although I missed the uh, the cone at the end. The uh, Well, yes, and dripping all over your fingers. Of course, yeah. Licking, That's part of it. Licking your fingers. That's part of it and all that. So we'll uh, we'll talk t- uh, to Lynn Sapp about this great Chicago tradition. It's been around for over 95 years. Started by her grandparents. Uh, and now they've expanded. They're in Bona Beef locations. They're, you know, like everywhere. But I, I just wanted to, you know, we're we're right in the middle of July. I wanted to spend time talking about ice cream today. We did a little bit earlier today of unusual flavored ice creams. And uh, we had we had some doozies, some people coming up uh, with uh, some unusual flavors that they've tried. The 815 area code texted in and said, uh, a friend of mine had lobster ice cream in Bar Harbor, Maine, and said it was delicious. Hmm. I've heard of that, and I've been to Bar Harbor, Maine, too. <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're eating, <laughs> you're talking with your mouth full. Of course I am. <laughs> there. I wish one of you two would say a few words so I could take taste some ice cream. Yeah, Don't lob- we have some nice recorded programming right now for a little while? Yeah, lobster ice cream. Uh, I'm not sure it's any better than blue cheese ice cream. I'm taking a hard pass on that. Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't see how that could possibly be delicious. Uh, somebody uh, in the eight four seven area code texted in. There was once a garlic festival with garlic ice cream. I think I've actually had that hmm. and did not enjoy it. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not a fan of uh, mixing the ice cream with savory things like that. Somebody, somebody texted in earlier, we're talking about uh, candy that we like to eat in the movie theaters. And, you know, a lot of people texted in uh, uh, snow caps. Oh, yeah. And they put snow caps in their popcorn, which I've had that. It's okay. I prefer it plain myself, but I, I could see that. Uh, I can't. I can't see. Uh, I don't. I don't like candy and ice cream. I know a lot of people do. They go, you know, to these places where you pick out the candies that you want and they mix it in with your ice cream. I always just get plain ice cream. I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, let's see what else is. <laughs> um, what else did we have here? There, there was another good one. Oh, here, uh, green tea and red bean ice cream. It's a favorite in Japan, apparently, says the 630 area code. Green tea and red bean ice cream. So I have sampled some green tea ice cream. I think uh, Melina actually brought some home. Okay. And it was not my cup of tea, but it wasn't awful. Wasn't your cup of green tea? Correct. No pun intended. I think kind of neutral. I think I've had it, and it's. Yeah. I, I was just kind of neutral about it. Um. Oh, here. Somebody uh, just texted in now. Green tea ice cream is great 
after a sushi meal. It's perfect after a sushi meal, which you won't have. Which is right? probably why I haven't had it. Yeah, you're not. Andy's not a sushi eater. Nope. Um, someone's asking where can I get blue cheese ice cream. Uh, I don't know, but as far away f- as possible <laughs> from here would yes. would be our choice. <laughs> I think. Uh, somebody uh, texts in at the 708, uh, there's an ice cream recipe book that has oatmeal ice cream in it. Hmm. That sounds like that might be okay. I could get on board that. Yeah. Oatmeal ice cream sounds like it might be all right. Shawnee going conspicuously quiet. I had to finish my um, treat for the day. Yeah, mine's all melted here now because I was talking. Mmm. That is, that, is, that is damn good ice cream. I don't care what anybody says. Wow. You right. grew up on it, too. I grew up on it, but I haven't had it in a long time. Uh, even though it's much more available now, these rainbow ice cream trucks are all over the place. Somebody texted in a minute ago that there's a rainbow ice cream truck at Lincoln Park Zoo right now. Yeah. And the location at Navy Pier, when we were there a few weeks ago, a just really the line was very very long yeah well you know it's super delicious it's worth definitely worth the wait but i mean outside of their store locations including their original location at 93rd and western uh they're now in the suburbs they're paired up with bona beef so you can get rainbow ice cream now at many bona beef locations we'll talk about how it all started with lynn sap the owner coming up next to describe the heaven that is rainbow ice cream. Hallelujah. A treat that started over 90 years ago on the south side of Chicago continues on 93rd and Western in Chicago, but now has expanded around the Chicago, the fantastic original rainbow ice cream. Uh, Its owner is my longtime friend, Lynn Sapp. Lynn, you have made you've made everybody happy here at WGN this morning. Oh, great, great! You, you have brought brought joy to cynical radio people scattered all <laughs> over our building here today. You know, we tr- we're trying to give a little joy with Rainbow Cone, and hopefully, it's working for everybody. It is definitely working. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to talk to you on National Ice Cream Day. I know. Well, that you know, I I wanted to make sure that we. Uh, I, I love chatting with you anytime, but today's the perfect day for that. Uh, I heard you're in Florida now. I heard right. I am. I am. I'm in Florida. Yes. Have you, are you on yes. va- vacation, or have you moved there now? Well, I have family down here. Okay. So I'm spending a lot of time with family, and we have a, a family circumstance that I'm down here for right okay. now. So all right. You know, well, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to hear your voice, and uh, I I see rainbow ice cream trucks everywhere around the Chicago area now. I mean, things... you know, isn't that exciting, Dean? Who knew when you used to visit me at 92nd or I'd come downtown? Right but now, we have trucks up by you in Lincoln Park, and you know, we're at the Shed Aquarium, we're at Navy Pier, you know, and out at the suburbs and then we're out in skokie dean i mean who would have thought at the bona beef i see i see the uh, i I mean i go by that location of the the bona beef there and uh i i you know went in there once and they're like serving rainbow ice cream inside i was like oh this is this is going to be dangerous for me (laughs) well we had our opening you know and i'm like okay 
I left like two hours early to make sure I got the <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a journey you know, for I'm any like, for any Southsider. It's a journey to come all the way up to Skokie, right? It is. So I relate to people coming to the South Side. So I'm very appreciative yeah. of everybody coming to visit our location. I'm just so glad that so. this is expanded, and uh, you know, it's it's like a, a whole new day. Uh, imagine what your grandparents must you know would be thinking at this kind of popularity and expansion. For something that they started, a, a small little operation on the south side. Take us back. How many years ago was that, that the, the Rainbow mm-hmm. Ice Cream started? Since 1926, so we're 96 years old. Do you believe that? That's amazing. That's amazing. Isn't that unbelievable? I, I bought it when it was 60 years old. <laughs> it was just a young, fledgling company uh, at 60 yes. years old, right? Yes. Yes, but, you know, they would be absolutely thrilled, and they're shining down, and every time I see a rainbow in the sky, I am so grateful to them because, boy, did they create a story that I can tell, and I am so pleased to be able to tell it and give people, like you said, joy with a little cone yeah, and make memories and bring families together. This just started as, I mean, literally a tiny little operation started by your grandparents, right? Well, they picked the area. Um, I don't know if you know this growing up in the area, but we uh, everybody lived around the Bridgeport area, and Western was a dirt road, and they used to come out on Sundays to go to the cemeteries oh. to um, visit relatives out in the cemeteries, and they would pack a sandwich, and it was like an outing. And you went away from the city, right. and there was nothing there. Western was a dirt road. And you went out in that area. And that's how my grandpa picked Western Avenue. And that Sunday is still our busiest day. No kidding. Because people would come out. Nobody had cars. And if you had a car, you had one car. So you all had to pile in the car. Or you took the streetcar out. Right. It was, it was like you, you would go to the cemetery to have a picnic, right? I, I remember that you with did. my family. Yeah. Yeah, remember on 111th, all the cemeteries sure. down there? Yeah. And people would come down, and they would go, you know, visit their relatives. Right. So. You, put a blank, <laughs> you put a blanket out, you put some flowers on the grave, and have lunch. You, you brought fried chicken from home or something like that, or sandwiches, something like that. Well, uh, there was nothing else around. There was nothing, nothing else there. around back then, right. What What do you I'm think? Sure. I, mean, I mean, you know, for me... And for a lot of Southsiders, this is deeply ingrained in our DNA. We grew up on rainbow ice cream cones. Uh, what, what do you think that makes this? I mean, do you have special special kind of flavors? There are a lot of orange sherbets. There are a lot of chocolates. There's a lot of the flavors that you incorporate. Somehow yours taste better. Well, God bless Joe. I mean, Grandpa Joe, who started it off, and Catherine. Catherine was the businesswoman, and he... My grandpa Joe was the visionary, and he was such a cool guy. And like our chocolate, it, it's just really, really good. And you got to remember, they opened during the depre- you know, opened and then went right into the depression. But right. he would never let the ingredients go. Yeah. And he fought and fought, and you know, like today, people are forced to change ingredients as and prices increase, and we don't. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I can look at it smell it i can taste it i can tell you it if it's an inch off and and they'll say how did how did you figure that i, I just walked by and go, you know and i'll make a phone call and say who did what because this isn't right 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 or i'll drive up to where they manufacture it and go hey what are you doing right and um 
I, I was famous for it, and it's ingrained by Joe when I was, well, you know, one, two. He would make rainbows for my dallies. Wow. And I that's how I started eating rainbow, but I was such a brat, I only liked chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... We have a contest now for, you know, on our Instagram at um, the original Rainbow Con where you can win, you know, a $100 gift card. And you have to pick your favorite flavor of the five flavors. And all I can think of is, you know, my poor Grandpa Joe trying to make me a little rainbow cone. And I would go, I just want chocolate. I, I just want chocolate. Right. A lot, yeah. The poor well, guy. I, I got to say, you know, I thought I was a one flavor man, too, until I had the the rainbow. And there's just something about that combination of flavors that is, is so delicious and re- refreshing. Uh, you know, and I'm sure, it, as I say, for a lot of us, you know, it strikes a very nostalgic chord. You know, it reminds us of happier times growing up, blah, 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 you know, like that. But there is something that's that combination of flavors uh, that is so delicious. And it's so fun for me to watch people who have never had it before. And, you know, as we expand, that's the joy for me. And that that's the I just get so tickled because, you know, you're going into skulking and going to these places who, you know, believe it or not, Dean, they've never heard of an original rainbow cone. Yeah, well. And they look at it, and, and you go, oh, okay. And then they eat it, and they look at you, and they go, that was fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. Well, the guys, you know? the guys on the show, uh, you know, they, they'd never had it. And you, right. you you brought it in one, one, one of our broadcasts, and it was the first Double time. that You a, were doing the towers at where we were. Presidential we were at towers. towers. Yeah, presidential yeah. towers. And yes. pe- it's like... It's like their head, the top of their heads blew off, like they never have eaten anything so delicious before. And now they're, you know, super fans, and I'm glad. So where can people get uh, the rainbow now? 92nd Western is the original location. you got to go there right. if you're in the neighborhood. Where else? We're in Lombard. We're in Darien. We're out in Skokie. And we're in Lakemore. And then we have the trucks at Lincoln Park Zoo, Shedd Aquarium. We're at Navy Pier. And um, the trucks are still, you know, available. There's still a couple trucks available for rental. And then you can go to the truck finder online and find out where the trucks will be in different neighborhoods. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm so happy. Isn't it? I'm so excited. I, and it's National Ice Cream Day. And I'm like, yay. See, Dean, <laughs> I have an issue. Some people, you know, eat food. I have an issue with ice cream. I love ice cream. Yep. Love ice cream. Yeah, what's not and to love? And it loves me right back. What's not to love? <laughs> It's it's unconditional love both ways. It is. It is. (laughs) Lynn Sapp is is the owner of Original Rainbow Ice Cream. It's great to talk to you. Enjoy your time in Florida. We'll look forward to seeing you when you get back. Thanks, Lynn. Oh, thank you, Dean. Take care and enjoy the rest of your summer. I don't think I've ever seen you in such uh, ecstasy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. As I have for the last uh I'm a convert half hour. I'm a convert to Rainbow uh, Nancy, uh rather uh, Lynn mentioned uh that uh when she first served that to us at uh, Presidential Towers, that was the first time I ever had it. It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And has been ever since. I'm surprised you didn't have it growing up in Northwest Indiana. I mean, I know it's, you know, you were further east uh uh you know, and and south. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, compared to the south suburbs. And Rainbow Ice Cream was more southwest on Western Avenue. Right, 92nd right. and Western. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't quite make it out that far. We did go to Beverly every once in a while, but we never stopped at uh, Original Rainbow. Yeah, well, I'm glad they have so many locations now. I'm glad I've never seen so many smiling faces. (laughs) Walking around the station here this morning. <laughs> and always guaranteed to put a smile on someone's yeah, face. I feel like I'm working somewhere else. <laughs> we'll be back to our crabby selves next week. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to get too we don't want to get too nice. <laughs> no. Um, people have been asking uh, a, a lot of ice cream questions on our, our phone lines. Uh, so we're going to uh, use our food time show today strictly for ice cream. Who makes their own ice cream at home? I, I never have. Have you? No, no. Our neighbors did. Growing up, uh, the people next door made their own ice cream. Uh, Don't you put it in a uh, thing, like a container? Yeah, and it, like you, you turn a crank and, and, and cream. It's not as uh, solid as, uh, you know, the rainbow ice cream or others, but it's not a different. It's It's got a different texture to it. I don't understand how that works. Uh, I'm sure that there are probably machines to do all. Like, you know, you can go to Target and buy an ice cream maker or something like that now. But if anyone makes their own ice cream, can you call us and tell us how? I would love to do that. I would love to get some fresh fruit. Uh, you know, like Bing cherries are so plentiful right now. Fresh peaches are so plentiful right now. Um, strawberries are so plentiful right now. I would love to make some like fresh ice cream, homemade ice cream with like some fresh fruit in it. That would be fantastic. Can't go wrong with that. Do you Just have like Aunt- your Bing cherries on your vanilla ice cream? Yeah. Do you have Do you have Aunt B's phone number? We maybe we can call her. <laughs> uh, just pick up the phone and go, Sarah. Get, get me my house. Get me Aunt B. <laughs> she was always making ice cream on the porch, yep, wasn't she? With he, uh, she and Opie. Sure. Right. And Andy would go in, and oh, that was extra yeah, good. Extra good. Here's my guitar. <laughs> Let's sing a song. <laughs> 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 Hang on to whatever you got. <laughs> the darlings. <laughs> a one and a two. Oh, we're idiots. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows that, 312-981-7200. Got a lot of interesting questions about uh, ice cream. The difference between ice cream and frozen, yo- uh, frozen uh, custard. Uh, yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. People are talking about their favorite, their favorite popsicles. My favorite popsicle, banana. I used to love me. A, that makes two of us. I love a banana popsicle. Oh yeah, I love frozen bananas. Frozen bananas are good. I like taking, chocolate on them. Taking a banana with or without the chocolate, but you know, chocolate makes everything better. Uh, you know, take your bananas that are are going ripe, and you stick a popsicle stick in it and put it. You know, wrap it in cellophane and put it in the freezer. That's a delicious and healthy treat, I might add. 312-981-7200. it's Dean Richards. Food Time Show, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. And we actually won an award for this show. All Things Edible show every week. Middle of July, why not talk about ice cream? Who makes their own ice cream? I've never done it. I really want to give it a try. Help me. 312-981-7200. Kurt, you have made your own ice cream? Yes, I have. Good for you. I've I've done it both ways. Is it hard? done it. uh, it, Yes, this is Kurt. Yeah, no. is, Is it difficult to do, Kurt? 
No. Um, you can actually buy a machine. I mean, I've done it the old way where you use rock salt, you know, and that, that was kind of a pain. Um, but you can actually buy a machine, you know, at any store, and you put the ingredients, cream, sugar, and it comes with a recipe book. Okay. Um, and you put all that in, and you, you turn it on, and there's a little, like, a spatula-type thing that spins around. I think it takes probably... I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, and it, it becomes consistent. And then you put it back in the freezer um, to get the nice hard. So it's not like a soft serve ice cream. So it's actually right. like a, the kind you buy at the store. So but yeah, actually, there's all different. I, I used to make a lot of mint chip, or like you say, I yeah, tried my own whatever cherry. flavors. Yeah. Sure, of course. So yeah, so no, the, and it's really it's, it's a lot of like ice milk. Yeah. The so the ingredients then are is what a heavy cream. Yeah, heavy cream, sugar. I think. Um, and then, like, when I did the mint ice cream, you had a little mint extract mm-hmm. or, um, you know, if you do vanilla, you do vanilla uh, extract. Right, um, right. You know, and then you can do the fresh strawberries and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can mix, so, it, yeah, mix this, it, it in. Yep, very good. Okay, so with, with a machine, uh, but when you did it by hand, was it a like a cylindrical uh, type of a thing with a crank on it? Yeah, and, and that was a long time ago. So you, you kind of had, like, almost like a jar that goes within a jar. So the outer jar was like the rock salt mm-hmm. and, and then like water. And then you would put the cream, you know, put all the ingredients in there. Right. And that took, like you said, in Mayberry RFD when they would make it, you know, that took like <laughs> half a day to make. But they, but you didn't put the ingredients in with the salt. That was in a separate compartment. No, no. That's, yeah, that's on the outside. That kind of yeah. makes the, the inner drum nice and cold. Cold. It keeps it cold. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 That sounds like way too much work. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a lot of work. And, and even in Mayberry RFD, they said, why don't we just go down to the store and get it? I was going to say, I was going to say, after listening to all this, like one, one process takes all day, one takes yep. several hours. Yep. But in that time, I could go to the grocery store four times and go get ice right. cream. <laughs> right. Well, they had nothing to do after church and before the chicken dinner. That's right. You know? That's right. That's, so that's right. what they did in the afternoon. Before they went to the picture show with Thalma Lou and, and Helen, right, Helen right, Crump. Right, right, right. Appreciate exactly. the call, Kurt. Thank you so much, okay, my friend. Thanks. Have a great day. Hi, Ann. You're on WGN. Hi. Uh, well, when I went to camp, and even as a Girl Scout leader, we used to make ice cream, but we would call it kick the can ice cream. Kick the because can. instead of, instead of uh, uh, churning it by hand, like the gentleman before you said, you take a, two coffee cans, that's what we used in the old days, Put all your ingredients in one. The rock skull would go together. You'd lock them up. And, of course, to keep the kids busy and to keep us doing, you'd kick the can around, and that would turn the ice cream. Really? Yep. Uh, I, they still do it in camps now, from what I understand. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> yep. So yep. You... Uh, I, I don't know if they did it in Boy Scout camp, but we did it in Girl Scout camp. And when I was a leader, we used to do it also. Yeah, we And never, uh, we uh... also would make... We'd also bake chocolate cookies in solar ovens with by using aluminum in the sun. It would take forever, but it kept kids busy and gave them an outdoor living. Well, those are you know great scouting activities. We ne- we never made uh, cookies or ice cream when I was in Boy Scouts, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, you know what what a what a fun thing to remember. Look how you remembered after all these years. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. So, okay, so just put it yep. now. When when you put it in the can, though, you put the okay, you so put the lid you, back on the can. Obviously, the like a plastic right, lid, right? Right. You have yeah. Yeah. You have two 
two cans, two cylinders, as the gentleman before you said, and all the ingredients would go in one, whatever you were making. We would just usually keep it as either vanilla or chocolate, just make it real, very simple. And, of course, the the, um, rock salt and and everything would go in the other can, so you'd need a a little can and a big can, and then you'd uh, seal it up, you know, lots of duct tape. Okay, (laughs) that's what I was wondering. How do the lids not fall off? While you're yeah, while no, you're kicking uh, it around, yeah, universal duct tape. What else? There you go. Yeah, it's, it's a or bubble gum. I don't know. <laughs> great ingredient. I love that. And thanks for the camp stories and the good memories. Thank you for the call. Sure. Bye. 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 Uh, yeah. Twelve forty six. Here's one that uh, somebody texted in. Uh, I purchased three and four, three to four ice cream machines at Goodwill stores. People give them, uh, get them as gifts. They use them once or twice and then donate them. They work great and are as simple as can be. Well, that's a good thing to know. 12.50 is the time. Sweet dreams to you on National Ice Cream Day. We're celebrating on our food time show, answering your ice cream making questions. Uh, Mostly, uh, you're answering my questions about uh, making ice cream. Let me give that a try. Uh, 312-981-7200, area code, asks, what's the difference between custard and ice cream? Uh, it's basically the same. Custard, I know, uh, has a more egg yolk. Uh, there, there is egg yolk in custard that there is not in ice cream. Uh, so it's a you know richer, it's a creamier taste, it's a you know smoother uh, kind of taste. Uh, I know that there are a lot of places that sell old-fashioned uh, frozen custard, and it is delicious. Uh, Culver's, right? Culver's is probably the best known for uh, their frozen custard. Uh, the six three zero area code is asking, do you know where I can buy f- uh, root beer popsicles? We're talking about our favorite. Uh, popsicle flavors earlier because we really dug into the deep issues today uh yeah i i've seen them in uh, grocery stores i i I mean i've gone to a a mariano's and i've seen it uh i looked it up online uh and it shows that walmart is selling root beer uh, popsicles but you know what you could do if you get some popsicle molds or you know even like we used to do at our house because popsicles were, you know, way too extravagant uh, for us back then. We, my mom used to get uh, Dixie cups and fill it up with uh, like Coke or orange, uh, you know, soft drink. Uh, occasionally, she would do uh, like a diet drink, like Tab or something like that. That was for the, if you thought Tab was disgusting, uh, you should try Frozen Tab sometime. <laughs> Uh, or fresca she used to do frozen fresca uh that honestly wasn't that bad but my point is if you just get your if you've got some popsicle molds great but if not dixie cup some root beer in the dixie cup and put it in your freezer it's a it's a delightful you know like an ice cup uh mix uh highly recommended 312-981-7200 this is carrie hi you're on wgn hey morning gene hey uh Hey, while I was on hold, there was a lot of Mayberry talk, and in, <laughs> in honor of Schwani, I hope you watched Sven Gulli last night, because the movie was The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, starring oh, the great Don Knotts. The great Don Knotts. <laughs> it's a classic. 
That was one of the uh, one well, of the last movies classic. that he saw on big screen, by the way. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I make ice cream all the time, and um, what I use is um, I remember my grandma making it the way that some people are are, are calling up with, you know, hey, with the buckets the and the crank, ice. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So uh, at, at Target for twenty bucks, it's a it's a compact thing. It's probably like two quarts. You you put the there's an insert that's nonstick with like Teflon in it. You put it in the freezer. And then you let that sit in the freezer for a couple of days. And then when you're ready to make your ice cream or frozen, whatever you want to make, custard, whatever, uh, you put the ingredients in. And it's got a little top with a motor and a paddle on it. And it turns it for yourself. You plug it in and it goes for an hour or two, whatever, until the consistency is where you want it. You you, you can also make sorbet in it. and uh, it works really, really well. What are, and then the, you, what are the ingredients that you put in? Um, well, it depends what we want to make. I mean, like you said, I mean, custard has eggs in it. Ice cream doesn't need them. Um, but yeah, just it's milk and or, or well, it's got to be milk with fat in it. So it doesn't have to be cream. Right. This is this is kind of like your so like a your, whole your, whole milk will will work probably it, well, a whole milk or at least uh, at least a two percent. Oh, okay. You, 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 I, I've heard your, you know, your your mom's recipe for the yogurt forever, and I've I've made I, I do make my own yogurt. And the one time I went south was I used skim milk, and that does not work for yogurt. Yeah, it's the same thing with ice cream. It's got this weird texture, so it's got to be at least two percent. Regular cream is obviously the best, but if you want to use half and half, or even even like a you know a whole milk, yeah. that, that works too. And sugar and whatever fruit you want. And yeah, you know, uh, that's funny. The the uh, I tried making my mom's yogurt, not the way that she did. Because uh, yeah. that's that I've made it that way before, though. I I, I have done the heating pad method. Before. Okay, all right. But I I made it uh, with I you know I usually if I have milk at home, it's skim milk yep. usually, and I made it with yep. the, the skim yep. milk. Disaster, complete disaster doesn't work it's yeah. grainy it's a texture it, yeah it, it's a, yeah so yeah so uh, yeah and, and same with the ice cream then you can add whatever you want to whatever if you want it to be custard you add some eggs and if you want it whatever fruit you want and uh yeah the, the, it's probably about 20 bucks a target and the cool thing is you, you you take the motor off the top and it comes with a, a top on it so then you just put this thing back in the oh, fridge story, and then yeah. you eat yeah. out of the thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, is there is there a noticeable difference in the taste between uh, between homemade and store bought. Well, to be honest, probably not based on like the base ice cream. But if you can like this week, peaches are in season, right? So if you want to make some peach ice cream, yeah, it's going to be a difference because you you got the fresh peach, you know right. peaches that you can get. Got it. So yeah, 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 there, there will be. Sure. All right. I think uh, I think Carrie, you talked me into this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. All right, uh, give a shot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the big twenty bucks and uh, give it a try and see how it works out. Twenty bucks, hey, you know. Appreciate it. Uh, Have a great day. Thank you. you. Bye bye. All right, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Let me see here. This is uh, Taxi Driver Bob. You're on WGN. Pino, the showbiz reporting machino. What's up? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Um, I. I was brought up in Skokie in a Jewish family, and if you didn't go to uh, Florida in the uh, winter, you're ostracized uh, coming back from uh, winter break. But anyways, um, we we stay, used to stay on Collins Avenue in the northern part of Miami, yeah. um, and they had a Howard Johnson's, their uh, restaurant. Are you familiar? 
I'm not. No. Well, they had them. I, mean, I, I know they Howard Johnson's. I, I don't know that that particular one, but I remember back Howard Johnson. Yeah, back in the day, they had quite a number of those. I don't know if they still have any of them in the country, but back then they did. And this was around 1972 or somewhere in that area, early 70s. And they had a drink in there that was just, you know, being in Florida too, was totally awesome. They would take orange juice and orange sherbet and blend it into a shake, and I just thought mm-hmm. that was the best thing ever. That but, sounds um, delicious. Yeah, and especially on a hot day in Florida. Absolutely. Oh man, absolutely. That's a, that that that's the uh, a, a perfect combination uh, for a nice uh, summertime drink. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And you know what, Bob? Just to say thank you to you for that, I've got a hundred dollar gift certificate for you from uh, the Barbecue Authority in Lyle. Uh, BB- oh, that's awesome, Dean. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Appreciate B- that, dude. Yeah, BBQAuthority.com if anyone wants to get more info, but we're going to send that gift card to you so you can you know, enjoy some uh, summertime out on the grill, okay? Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the that great idea. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Let's see if we can get one more in here real quick. Bert, Kurt, we've got just about one minute. Go ahead. How are you? Hey, great, Dean. How are you? Very well. Hey, uh, we make ice cream every single summer, and it's always vanilla. Okay. It's, it's just the quintessential summertime ice cream. Classic. Yeah, you can add, and, add anything to it. To, to, you, you can know, add the, anything to it. Hot yeah. chocolate sauce. But my ingredients are six cups of half and half. Okay. Three cups of whipping cream. All right. Two and a half cups of sugar. Yum. I know, I Yum. know. Yum. Uh, but the secret ingredient is the vanilla bean, and you got to get real vanilla beans. Okay, you got to split them, scrape them, yep. and uh, I hand churn in my 1950s Gibson's ice cream freezer. Oh no, kidding! Because so the you... old, you know, they put the ice in the rock salt. Yeah, you've got one of the originals. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and how long does Still that process today. take? How long does that process take? Well, it does take overnight because I like to, um, you have to boil the ingredients or, or bring it to a, a near boil. Okay. And then I, I, I put it in the, um, in the refrigerator overnight. Okay. And it uh, kind of mellows out all the flavors. And then uh, the next day, uh, put it in the ice cream maker. And it's about 60 minutes or 70 minutes to churn. That sounds a- a- absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. It's well worth it, too. It's uh, And, uh, you know, the kids love to churn and that's a great summertime thing. Yeah, okay. Well, you just let me know, you know, when and where uh, so I can do my official uh, tasting on my Uncle Dean yeah, tasting on that. <laughs> Kurt, have a great Sunday, my friend. I appreciate your call. Thank you. You too, Dean. All Bye-bye. right. Take care. Yeah, that's going to wind it up for us today. Uh, stick around because Steve Dale is coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow morning, both on Bob Surratt's show between 8 and 830 and on the WGN-TV Morning News.